What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Cultivated Ignorance. It is now 2018, and we are still on. They still giving us airtime. Undefeated. How many fights we had? So what? How many fights we had? We undefeated oh, in what? In all, every bout we've had. We done lost count because we won that much. Like We, we won fought uh, Mayweather. Yeah, we fought the Me Too. We, we fought that off. We fought off uh, feminism. <laughs> Will fought off this. <laughs> Bro, he gonna, uh, y'all thought Will was feminist. I mean, I'm misogynist before. It's going to be 10 times worse because we got Tamika Staley on the show tonight. Tamika Staley. She's hey. a local. Uh, well, not just local poet. Uh, she performs nationally across the Americas. Um, Americas. Both Americas. Yeah. Uh, she's also an activist in the community, not just here not just here in Colombia, but other places as well. Uh, focusing on feminism, uh well, what, what do you focus on? Hello, everyone. I am Tamika Staley. I'm a poet, teaching artist, advocate of many things. Uh, anything from rape culture to self-love to Jordan. black liberation <laughs> and various aspects, intersectionality, race, gender, and class, school to prison pipeline. Many, many things. Definitely glad to be here. Thank you, Mike and Will, for having me. There were about three things that I didn't even know what were things. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, real quick. What is intersectionality, real quick? So, intersectionality is the idea of looking at issues across a spectrum of categories. So, issues that also cross boundaries of race, gender, and class at every intersection. So, looking at issues from a wide perspective of how all these things meet instead of just looking at it from one angle or one category. So like you're uh, looking at them all where they intersect with each other and seeing the issue and discussing it from uh that view of how they all intersect instead of just looking okay, at Okay, so the like issue. black on black crime would be something like that. Not just So there are intersections with black on black black on black crime. Poverty, so, whole bunch of other Right. All things. these okay. intersections. And for the fact that it is it's a made up theory because Violence in general is intraracial, so there's nothing. Yeah, it's just proximity. Right, but yeah. yeah, there is intersectionality. It's not just race that plays a part in that. There's resources that play a part in that, and mm-hmm. that can be dependent upon race. That could be dependent upon class. That could be dependent upon gender, even. So uh, it, these issues aren't just seen from just this one category. It's not all just black people being violent towards other black people. Right. You know, okay. so you're looking at each each uh, issue from the way that all the factors intersect and intertwine with each other. Okay. Another thing I didn't know. Yeah. What you said school to school prison to pipeline. prison pipeline. Oh, okay. School to prison Explain pipeline. that a little bit more. I think I got a good idea, but Yeah, go. so basically what's what schools do on elementary, middle, high school, um even the college level have set up tactics to basically push students and uh, specifically black children out of the classroom and into the prison pipeline. So the pipeline is a a long process and, and journey even of stages of prison from juvenile level up to like federal prisons and you you're using the school system as a way to connect children from now how is now how is the school system doing not, not giving them proper education um, on that it, it, it's little tactics and laws like the disturbing the school law here in south carolina and columbia so that law basically says that it was made in order to keep disturbance out of the school to protect students but what it has transformed into is a tech is a policy that charges students with a basically a, like a, a federal charge mm-hmm. 
if they are disturbing the school and that can be interpreted as anything anything can be disturbing the school if you're talking loud if you have your phone playing music playing you can be charged with the disturbing the school law and actually be put in the trial so that's a way to get you out of the classroom and into the prison pipeline so more than anything it's like just a form of punishment versus rehabilitation like mm -hmm. it's not really trying to help the kid not trying to find out why the kid is disturbing the class or whatever mm -hmm. it's just discipline and then and this isn't like on a this charge isn't given like if a student repeatedly does it this can mm -hmm. they can just it have could, a one-time instance it could be like naya kenny in the situation at spring valley she was charged with disturbing school offer interfering that's the one that's not the girl that got tossed mm -mm, that's oh. the friend who stood up and you know was interfering and trying to defend her and i think she also was recording so they charged her with disturbing the school law you know and that was a pending trial actually she, the, the trial just passed in december i believe i'm not sure what the results were of that but yeah, it's a real thing. In, in Colombia and in many other states, they have that, that law. So these little taxes is what, you know, the schools and educational systems are doing in order to get black children into the prison system. Wow. And it starts at a very early age with tactics like that. Crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to do something with the black people. This guy. No, I mean, not like that, but I mean, like, the system. <laughs> the system needs to, like, going to be okay. Real got the problematic, like, we send you away. this is my problem as a man. I'm always misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> always wrong. Yeah. All right, so, um, you do a lot of poetry. I, I've seen you perform. It's amazing. I think my favorite poem is... 20 pounds. That's there the you go. That's there the you go. go. Um, so, yeah, that's my favorite one. That's everybody. Um, because you deliver it with such, you know, you deliver it properly. That's my favorite one because I know the guy that it's about. That's my. That's why well, I know him too. Okay, we're not about you. See, then you go trying to just make it about yourself. We Tamika Staley interview. So, anyways, uh, I can't do that. You've been to poetry competitions. Mm -hmm. Uh, what poetry competitions have you been to? So, like Southern Fried and stuff like that. I have competed in Southern Fried, Arkansas. I have competed oh, in Arkansas. Well, Southern Fried is in a different city and state every year. Oh, Almost okay. Fried. So it's a it's an annual regional competition. Okay. I have competed in slams in well a slam in New Orleans. I've competed in a slam in D.C. I've competed in slams in Richmond, Virginia. Um, but I've also I've been to other slams just as a spectator. California, Chicago. I've performed in various places, Ohio, you say everywhere. Louisville, you say everywhere. Charlotte. So what kind of inspiration uh, do you get seeing other poets perform? And not just like, not just in a competition setting, but just on a, you know, a local setting, a open mic setting, you know, just features at different spots. Like what kind of inspiration does that give you? Just to write more and to write different styles i think that's it's just the, the style kind of like at, at slam not really at open mics but at slams when i go to slams in different places when i mm -hmm. especially particularly when i go to national slams like at the national poetry slam i've been to the one in oakland california and in atlanta mm -hmm. well in augusta no it was in decatur so i've been to those two national slams and they all national slams always just like push you to just to write just yeah. different styles so anytime i go to a national slam i always inspire to just keep writing and figuring out a, a new way to tell the same story. So what would you say your style is? Because when I, I, start I feel like it's like a little bit, not like preachy, but it's kind of mm -hmm. like preachy. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, my poetry can be described as Afro-surrealism, which is a style of poetry that challenges surrealist ideas, or basically just Eurocentric uh, Western ideas about how art or concept should be. So it's, it's an opposition to that, and it also looks into the lived experiences of black folks. Mm. So that's what my Afro-surrealism. Oh, yeah, so every poem that you perform, is it stuff that you've experienced yourself, or... Are you talking through somebody else? Everything that I write is either a lived experience or a lived experience of somebody who I'm close to. Really? Or I am talking about a lived experience but using something else as a metaphor to do so. So it's it, but it all is going to stem back to something that I'm actually living or in the midst of being affected by or influenced by some way or another. Mm-hmm. So everything is comes from real, real shit. Can I cuss on? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Can you I what? Said, can I cuss? I yeah, you can, okay. yeah, you can curse. curse. Real shit. Fuck. We don't Real shit. We live on HBO, yeah. so we, you know, we got everything. We're not on HBO yet. We're getting there. Oh, hey. I thought we already were. Um, Speaking through this. Yeah. I know, right? So also, you got the Love on Purpose campaign. Yes. Which is really dope. Uh, it's been, I don't think I've ever seen something branded this well from somebody. Not just that I've known, but kind of like a local person. Mm-hmm. Um. How did, so how did the Love and Purpose campaign come about? Well, I I always wanted to create something to challenge and teach our people about different concepts and how to unlearn and recreate norms. So I always wanted to do that. And one day, the the phrase Love on Purpose has always, I don't know, I don't know where you I stole it from seen someone? it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a common phrase. I don't know. It, it, it ain't mm-hmm. mine. It ain't the person who I've seen it by. It's a common mm-hmm. And I can't even remember where I saw it, but it was just love on purpose one day. Um, mm-hmm. So very common phrase. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to name my business Love on Purpose. Uh, love on Purpose campaign. So that's, I think that, so the idea was just me wanting to build something to teach our people how to be social justice warriors. Cause I, I always keep meeting people who wanted to do stuff and want to make a change, but never knowing how. So that I created that to teach or to try to guide black folk in order to, to actually figure out how to do this shit, you know, mm. and actually walk them through how to create social justice. Um, I didn't know that's what the, I didn't know that's what it was about. I didn't know yeah, that was the campaign to make. Intentional, it's, to, it's to teach folks how to use their talent, their skill to intentionally, like in an intentional way, to create social justice. And I kind of walked them through that via a workshop format on how to create social justice through various ways. And um, you have to come to the workshop to learn how. And when are the workshops? You got you got to plug it. It's yourself. just whenever I book, whenever I'm booked. So whenever I get booked for a workshop, I, I, I post it. And sometimes it's open, it's at a community center. Sometimes it's a private thing. Um, I've done workshop series in some of the public schools here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. it just depends on on when it is, you know, mm. but um, it's all just centered around a holistic approach of how to how do I create radical healing and justice and dismantle these systems of oppression by using just simply what I have and what I know and how I uh, and then I'm teaching you other concepts and perspectives and then you can also apply that to figure out what can I do what's my niche what's the next this... <laughs> because it's, it's just like I'm, I'm it's like you sweeping and bobbing through this, sweeping and bobbing so it's just all about trying to get people to, to figure out what they can do in order to be a part of the movement so let me ask you because I'm you know I do workshops occasionally and like 
one of the funnest and the hardest thing about workshopping is connecting with people, mm-hmm. not talking at them, but talking with them. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen you do your workshop, and it's very dope. Um, how you connect with young girls, and that's the hardest people to connect with is young teenagers. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? What's like some of the easiest ways you think it is to like connect with somebody to where they actually both learn and have fun, and actually go out and use what you mm-hmm. taught them? You know what I'm saying? They don't just sit there and just stare in your face for like two hours. Well, I don't know. I don't think I have an answer to that question on how to connect because it's. I don't think. I just think if you connect, you connect, and if you don't, you don't. Honestly, I think just you just be yourself. So, and if you're, and you just gotta hope that yourself is good enough. Honestly, that's that's what I do. So for that, you I get think booed. there are tactics. I think so. I mean, I can answer that from that perspective. So I think one way is to ask questions, like ask them certain mm. things first, like when you're starting out. Right. Um, instead of lecturing first, kind of asking them questions to build rapport. So I think that's a way to right. try to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to ask questions, to figure out where they are. Because I think anytime you're trying to teach somebody something, you have to meet them where they are. Right. Um, I have a social work background too, and I do a lot of advocacy work with HIV prevention. So we learned that in, as social workers to meet people in, in vulnerable populations. And black folk are vulnerable, vulnerable populations, especially black women and girls. So you have to just meet them where you are. And in order for me to meet you where you are, I have to know what you know mm-hmm. and what you think about these things and then provide you with a different perspective so we can start going through these steps on how to create the change that I see I want, but how do I actually do it? But I got to know where you are first. And then right. I can kind of navigate how I'm going to present this information to you because everybody doesn't learn the same. So once I kind of get a feel for the students, then I can present the information and go through this because I have a five-step process on how to create social justice, but I might do it kind of differently depending on what the group is. Like, if I'm at Northeast, I can't teach the same way or present information to them the same way I'm presented to um, a group of students at Hyatt Park or Atlanta Mamata, like go to Lord Park communities. I just, you know, this it's two different environments and two different circumstances and resources. Um, and right. sometimes it's not, it just depends, you know. True, okay. Mm. No, you're absolutely right, that's dope, man. You got any more questions about local purpose? Because I already know all about it, so you, you don't know. I, I wish you would plug your stuff. <laughs> I do. That's on the you know, black business. Part. I always do. I always listen where I'm going to be at, what I do. Um, workshop, I don't do workshops very often, so that's probably where you've never seen And a well, lot I didn't, of times I didn't when know I you do, had, I'm sorry. Oh, a lot of times when I do workshops, they're with youth, so it's only for youth. Um, oh. Or it's in a public, like I said, it's in school, so I'm doing, like, teaching during the day when school is, is in. Um, I don't do many workshops for adults, but if I'm booked for one, I'll do it. So it just depends on if I'm booked. So, <laughs> real quick, how is how is the grind of getting booked for things and making money off of your art it, and things like that? It's it's hard. It is. It's, it's definitely um, it's a struggle. But you know, it comes just like with anything that you do. You just gotta it just take time. So it's hard. It is. Well, I want to ask, like, because you know we had <laughs> multiple conversations about how people don't take poetry as like a serious occupation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They think it's like we do it for fun, we do it in our leisure, mm-hmm. which we do, but mm-hmm. we would love to get paid for this shit too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, what advice would you give somebody who's just starting out trying to get paid? Like, I just um, write for the man, write what the man wants to hear. You probably will get paid. I know, right? <laughs> you will get paid all the bucks. Um, I had just um, met uh, the poet at um, Spirit's Dope Ass uh, Soul Factory, um, Ariana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go. Um, had a ticket. 
Yeah. And I knew her. Um, I don't know her, know her, but we, we slammed together at a slam about two years ago at Clemson. So, oh, yeah. yeah, she was really dope. I was happy to see her there. She did. Yeah, she told me I was her first like paid Columbia gig. Mm-hmm. And so, what advice would you give as far as charging people? Like, that's the hardest thing. Like, I'm just starting photography now, and it's like the hardest thing to give people a rate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That you want to, you know, you want to make what you think you deserve. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're just starting, you don't want to overcharge, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. not give people quality products. So. Well, I just think charge what you feel like you should charge. And they're going to tell you if they're going to pay it or not. Then, That's what I say. But I think you, in that, you should be working on your craft, too. Mm-hmm. And then take the criticism if somebody gives you criticism. Well, yeah, like, doesn't that, isn't there uh, a conflict in the aspect that, you want to get paid for your art, mm-hmm. but also, I guess, I assume y'all create art to be shared. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I guess, work yourself through that conflict to where, mm-hmm. I know my stuff is worth something, but mm-hmm. I created this to be shared, seen, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that's not a conflict for me, because I'm just like, I, I'm sharing it. <laughs> if you pay for it. You, know, <laughs> you can see now you're going to go back in the, in the vault. And because it's, so, and for the simple fact that there's so much of it that I'm not, you're never not going to be able to see something for free. Right. It's just that you're not going to be able to see everything for free. So, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not a conflict for me. The conflict is getting people to see the value in something that they value enough to pay for it. Because, you know, people will tell me that they love what I do all the time. Move right. on. Don't book me for shit, you know, or don't come to my show. And that's not to say they have to. Maybe they just don't like me enough to do that. Well, that's fine. But it, you know that that's that's still a conflict. It doesn't negate that that's a conflict, you know. Because um, truth, everybody's not gonna like what you do or like you enough to pay for it. Honestly, um, I think the only insult is like when people say they love what you do, but they like clearly have no like they want to book you and everything, mm-hmm. but they clearly have no intent on paying you. Or compensating you in any way, right? I think you know that's a, and that's sometimes the thing. It's like they'll say they love you, and they probably actually do love you enough to pay, but because we've been conditioned to not pay artists or poets for their work, they just assume that you're supposed to do it for free. Or Is that just people, a Columbia thing? I know that's that's a thing in, in, in and everywhere. Really? Uh, I think it's probably maybe more prevalent here because we're we're just now starting to become a hub for arts. I think we've always been, but it's really starting to expand. It's crazy to say that when you think that Carolina's here and you got Benedict and Allen. It's like... Well, they haven't always been a hub for arts, I won't say. I think they've been been very active with um, art there because I've even done, um, been involved with some shows there or involved with people that I know that do stuff there. So they've Mm -hmm. always been very active. Like, Benedict actually has a poetry showcase an open mic i think um seasonally or i don't know exactly the time frame but it's called bc underground um mm-hmm. shout out to uh madam juicy for madam that juicy. she hosts that but um i wouldn't really call it the hub and i think a lot of that not just because that is benedict or allen but because of the environment like there's not a lot of support and resources for that to be a hub at benedict or just in columbia in general so i think mm-hmm. we're starting to really really become that but poetry and art has always been existing in columbia we always been booming but I think that's different than being a hub for it. But I, I think right. other cities have always been that, so they might struggle a little less. But it's still the same there, especially. I think it actually, I, I think it might be more prevalent because there's a bigger population of people there. So um, actually, we were talking about this with preach um, at the um, at, at wow. and he was saying, you know, like for every a hundred people that's not gonna pay, that's not gonna do a show for free, you got like another two hundred artists that's starving that then left Columbia to go there someplace like Atlanta and they're gonna do it for free or they're just they're just they'll they'll what, what what people will do is they'll just 
keep getting artists that'll go lower and lower and lower on their price until Are you they just do it for free. Yeah, so it might actually be more prevalent in other places that people just they it's love you pathetic. so much, but they have been conditioned to not see the value in in art, but particularly poetry. I think they people are way more likely to pay so. somebody that's a, a guitarist a or a singer Definitely. way more than a poet. Absolutely. Especially a band. You know, and I think mm-hmm. media and, and, and movies and television and shows and movies like Dang On, Poetic Justice or what's the other one? Which one? Um, the other poetry. Uh, Love Jones? Yeah, Love Jones. You know, has, is, has made this like kind of cliche basic idea of what poetry is supposed to be and people just you know and a lot of some people really just don't even know like can I pay a poet like am I poet some people really just don't think that you can pay a poet like Jeez, to do yeah, stuff. you can surely pay a you poet. know and so it's it's not seeing the value in enough to pay for it and then it's not even knowing and I think all of that is due to just the way that we've just been taught in society about poetry hmm but yeah I, but you just name your price though to, to answer that question like just name your price they can decide whether they want to pay it or not. Um, and they can also tell you why they don't want to pay this much for it. And I think that can be a valid reason, too, because you got to work on your craft. You have to be perfecting it and polishing it enough to be charging that amount of money okay. at the same time. If you fall like that's your price, then you stick to that. Right. And people just have the choice to, to take it or not. That's always been my philosophy too. I'm glad yeah. we agree on that. That's always I always believe in charging exactly what you believe you deserve. Yeah. But you gotta have it's like I was telling one of the kids at the center last night. Like, you can't say you charge all this money and not be prepared though. Like, cause she was talking about how she wanted you know she loves sneakers. She loves Jordan. Mm-hmm. She's like 13 years old, and um she was talking about how she just want uh, she just envisioned like a whole closet of just Jordans everywhere, and um, <laughs> it's white people making love outside of our yeah. booth right here. Um. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so you got the art, you know what I'm saying, that we talked about, you got, you got your pictures, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm still working on it, and this is stuff that's been, supposed to be done like months ago, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, yeah, you got to make sure you have the product mm-hmm. to back up the price. Right. Yeah, because people will let you know. So, charge what you're going to charge, but be prepared for the criticism. And I Absolutely. think hone in and be considerate of the criticism, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Which... Go Which ahead. brings me to another point. Oh. Please, just do the work. Like, please. Nobody likes bad what you poetry. Mean, what you mean by do the work? Or yeah. bad art. Get in, get in ass. Somebody yeah. is... We a... don't like bad poetry and bad art. Just are you a, are you And that's a... subjective. It is subjective because what's bad to me is not bad to other people, but what just do the now? work. No, Be what? working constantly on polishing and perfecting your... Don't just write something and put it out there. Like, edit. Look over it. Sit with it. And that's what any art. Like, you always have to be perfecting. Let me ask you a question. How do poets feel about, like, sex poetry? Like, do y'all... Because, okay, for me... For me, it feels like it's very... It doesn't delve deep into anything except <laughs> sex. Because it really bothers me. Because, like, people do... The, like, people do the sex poetry, poetry. And it has, like... Yeah, erotic yeah. poetry. It has a shock value to the crowd. Yeah. But that's it's just... It's corny uh, to me. You have never seen... Have you ever been somewhere else and seen erotic poetry? No, I just, I've always, I mean, I get it, it's cool, but like. Well, no, I agree with you, but I'm saying you you have never seen it somewhere else. It's yeah. like that here, and it's not, and I'm saying it's not like that other places, but there are other cities who have whole slams and performances dedicated to erotic poetry that's nothing like what you're going to hear in Columbia. Mm. And then sometimes you will hear it like that, but 
you're going to probably hear something completely different. Really? Than that other. And, and, and it's actually not just shock value, oh, I stuck my, and yo, ooh, no. It's, yeah. it's actually metaphorical, it's poetic, you know, it's some, you know, some next level type, you know, using metaphors mm-hmm. to describe a penis without actually saying penis, yeah. you know, to describe a phallus without actually saying phallus, compared, you know. So, I get you saying, I don't like, I don't like to write poetry like that either. But yeah. there are poets who do it very well. Dasana Hano is one of them. Shout out to Dasana. You ever seen The Sweet Spot? Um, I have. Did you like them? <laughs> They're okay. They're okay? Yeah. The great show. Great, great. wonderful, wonderful Listen, production. It was wonderful like, they, they go all out. Like The poems were pretty dope. And the woman I was dating at the time, it was her birthday. Mm. And um, this guy's in the most. And he he asked um I told him it was it was a birthday so he's like all right cool so like he did the little poem whatever like that and like halfway through the poem he was like I need a pretty young lady to come up on stage real quick mm-hmm. I got something to show her I was like go ahead baby go ahead and like she went up there and she just sitting on the stool and he's just spitting all this stuff whatever 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 mm-hmm. also, that Harvey Weinstein huh bro dude like filled like this big ass watermelon slice from the back of the stage and like plopped it in her lap. And proceeded to eat the shit like he was just like starving for days. Like he was just <laughs> like I'm talking about chunks flying in the audience and shit and going all out. It was corny, bro. It was so corny. But that's the point I'm getting to. Like I either like it super over the top or like super subtle and metaphorical. And, mm-hmm. you know well, I mean, saying? I like it all. I think I like. I just I just like what I like, you know. So I can't. Mm-hmm. I know I don't I don't particularly like to write a poetry that's so literal, but I don't like poetry that's so literal either. So that's just my style, that. you know. That's I just, definitely can't do it when it's just regular. That's just, just my poetry. that's just my thing, you know. If it's if it's super literal, I'm probably not. Gonna, I think some stuff like some lines may be okay if it's super literal, but for the most part, I'm probably much probably not gonna like it if it's super literal. So what does the poetry community, the Columbia poetry community need right now, Cameron? I think we, we need resources. I gotta be like serious with we them. need resources. What kind of resources? Funding, money. Yes. Funding, we, yes. You need to give them your money mm. and your time and your energy. That's what I think. But definitely your money. Honestly, yeah. all that's the what money. it needs. All, all that's money. all I'm gonna say. That it needs. I think, and I think um, with that, I think we also. I, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not really not in the business telling people what they need. But I think it would be great if Columbia Poetry Scene also becomes more open into the craft of poetry and polishing the craft of so poetry. Like workshops and workshops, with each other. Right, yeah. What the Watering Hole Poetry Organization is an excellent resource for what was it called? I didn't hear the Watering Hole Poetry Organization. Monifa Lemons and Candace Wiley are the founders of the Watering Hole and they're really great resource to polishing and getting to your best work with whether you a performance poet a poet who does slam, or if you are a poet who just more does uh, literary work written, you know, mm-hmm. so either one. But, you know, we need more, you know. You know, they're one organization. Yeah, sure. We need more entities like that, more people that's willing to contribute to organizations like the Water and Hole and give them their money so they can expand to out throughout the community more, right, you know right. what I'm saying? One person can't do it all. So we just need more resources, more help, more hands, more money. More yes. money, because especially if you're trying to work a regular job and trying to do the poetry thing, mm-hmm. and you're trying to take it to that next level, especially trying to have an organization and take it to the next level, like you definitely can't do it all. You yeah, so I think or for um, free. So yeah, no. I think the poetry scene needs needs that from its supporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to not, um, and it's coming to the point where coming to a show is great, but that's just not enough. You know, right. it's just not enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think people. 
But some people can only do the bare minimum. But a lot of people really, really, five dollars a head. I don't think that's. that's but that's thing. I would rather you just not. I would rather you just donate the money. Honestly, I would rather you not come. If if you if I feel like if I had a choice between somebody coming to a show to support me and actually donating the money to the cause or to an organization, I would rather just donate the money. Or your time, even if you don't get everybody got money like that, because sometimes I don't. But if I don't have money to come to a show that costs money, I'll blow up Facebook with they fly. When I do that, I try to do that anyway. Um, if but if I definitely know I can't make a show that I know I really want to be at, blow up Facebook with they flyer. You know, that's what I'm you can do. To. It's a lot of stuff that you can do that don't cost money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even just... trying to. You know, get on for. I'm just saying we do need money. I'm not saying that everybody gotta. Yeah. That's that's gotta be your role. Right. But pick a role to do. Absolutely. You know? And your role could easily you could easily be the person that knows a lot of people. Yeah. And just spread and the just word. Just ask them for their money then. If they, you know some people that got money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna ask people for money. Cause I don't got money, but I, I know how to get it. Yeah, be like, well, being on side of the street. You know what I'm saying? Shaking that ass. Not even that. Just simply, I just like that's how I got wine and words. Like I simply just walked in and asked. Can I do a show here? And it, it just sprawled to a monthly thing. I ain't know nobody there. I just walk in the mask. I think that's another great lesson just for do that. young artists trying to find like like exposure. Mm-hmm. If you don't ask, you will never get it. Like just like you got wine and words. Mm-hmm. It's so many things. I just ask people if they would be interested in doing something mm-hmm. or be interested in holding a show here. Or what if we did a workshop here? Yeah. And now like we got a, a yoga studio that we do. Me and Al do porch workshops in. I have one of the meeting rooms here that we do. We can have um, workshops here once a month. Uh, we got the center. Like it's like so many things. Like like you said, a lot of times people do want to help or are interested. Mm-hmm. If you just say, "Can we have a space?" You know, say the space mm-hmm. itself is a valuable resource. Just a venue. Yeah, yeah that's is. an incredible resource by itself. So that's good. Yeah, that's good advice, man. Indeed. Mm. So we forgot to go down the yeah. church announcements. Yeah. Because you don't care about him, it's fine. it's fine. Bro, Will doesn't care about the portrait community. No, I do. Uh, oh, so all those questions we just asked, bro, you just did that. Shut up and do what you're supposed to do. We'll be coming out though. <laughs> I will say. I try and come out. We we'll really yeah. do. Support. Yeah, I'll be telling him to bring his daughter to Blue Note. He don't want to bring. Stop. Around <laughs> all you heathens. <laughs> you be coming out. He bought one of my buttons. Right. Yeah. Okay. He bought For a button. Sure. I try and, but it's, it's a I start. I try and buy merch. We gonna, we, we, I feel in 2018, we, we gonna get better. We're gonna buy our merch every week from now here on out. Who told you that shit? That's that's your that that's was, your 2018 that commitment. That was a start. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, my commitment is doing these church announcements, which I'm gonna go through three. Just people I know and love. Uh, the first Ooh. one, since we're not gonna probably post this till like a couple of days from now, I'm just gonna do the, the one that's gonna be on January 28th. You know what's happening that day, right? Wine and words. Right. Every last it's, Sunday. Every last yeah. Sunday. It's an extremely, extremely dope show. Yeah. If y'all never been to Shay's Lounge, period, it's yeah, super swamped. Like dope. it's just real. You go in there, you just feel grown as soon as you yeah. walk in the door. Like yeah. you it's feel like you're an adult. Like, it's very grown. You know what I'm saying? Does it cost anything, or do you have to like buy food? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. What's the? It's just you just buy a ticket, ten dollars online, and yeah. then if you want food, you no, just I buy. Don't know. <laughs> which is not really food. It's only it's appetizers. So some Sundays we'll have appetizers like crab cakes or something like that, and then desserts and wine. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just have desserts and wine, mm-hmm. but it's never like a full. Meal, I got you. Type thing, but, um, you want to say a little something about their features? This, this, um, this month is Roscoe Burnham. He's the featured poet. He is a nationally award-winning poet from Richmond, Virginia. And then the opening singer songwriter is Ida J. 
and she's a local singer songwriter in Columbia. So, um, and she is someone that I just got a referral from. So I've never seen her live. So I'm hoping that a lot of other people haven't. So they'll be exposed to some new music, new yeah. talent. So, yep, it's only ten dollars. Ten dollars. Only ten dollars. Come on out. See, we don't care about the poetry community, bro. I tell you. I mean, so bro, it's only ten dollars. Like you shouldn't have to announce that. Like, I mean, it's ten dollars. Okay, so only ten dollars. <laughs> He's super late and super corny <laughs> with it. Um, also coming up on um, February sixth, y'all know it's my show, uh, Blue Note Poetry, that I host with the mighty Al Black. Uh, this month, one of our features is gonna be Queen of Shall Be. Yay, my sis! If you ain't never seen her perform, yo, you think Tamika Staley can perform? Like yo, they both kill it. Uh, we're still trying to find. Well, we actually still talking to our second feature to make sure she can do it. So that's gonna be a little secret for right now. It's gonna but, be Will, you know your boy right here. Uh, you know, uh, you know, just doing my little poetry thing. You know, just you know, just wow. dropping this knowledge for y'all. Check me. I apologize in advance for a terrible show, but y'all should come back to the. As one the moon this. shines bright on your. All body. right, February tenth. We got. As the moon shine. <laughs> Yeah, I want to let you finish it, too. Go ahead. No, please. No, I want to finish the line. Finish the stanza, matter of fact. <laughs> As the moon shines bright on your body. <laughs> Go ahead. Like, why? I mean, it, it actually, I'm going to kiss up and down your whole body. Oh, see. You okay. burned it. Oh, okay. It wasn't starting well, off that bad. Well, it wasn't. That, yeah, it was. It could have been something special, but. Uh, but no. And then it turned. And then. Go ahead. Saturday, February 10th. <laughs> Yeah, 3 p.m. is this awesome guy named Anthony Lewis, Ooh, a.k.a. Yes. Tony Brown. Anthony. At 3 p.m., he is holding the Artistic Vibrations Paint and Sip event. I think this is his first one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's it really, is. Dude, if y'all know Anthony Lewis, man, he's been painting all over the place. He just painted at the Soul Factory, mm-hmm. which is stu- super dope show by yeah. Mr. Spirit, the Tattoo Ooh, Poet. Spirit. That thing was crazy. <laughs> it was super packed. People was complaining. It was. I figured it. it was going to be. It was stupid, Pat. Like, motherfuckers was tapping us on the shoulder. We can't see. It was like, motherfucker, what you want us to do? Like, <laughs> Did y'all have a table? Did y'all get a table? I was doing photography all night. Well, we so, couldn't do nothing. Yeah. They couldn't do nothing. Yeah. It, it was just, they was going to be mad. It was just a venue. Basically. Yeah. Um, but it was a dope show. I got to find I'm glad people came out to that. I'm very glad. Bro, they came out and, yeah. On a Sunday night, and it was kind of cold, too. So, very yeah, proud. It was very cold. Do you know Street Poet? Because I need to get in touch with her. She was. I know Street Poet. She was crazy. Yep, she was um, on Facebook. Leroy, Leroy is home. I did see her. I, I can't add her because she's too popping. I can't mm-hmm. add her as a friend. If somebody told me that I can't, I, I can't accept any more friends. I didn't know. Oh, you know, you don't reach the too popping level too. That's that's what people keep telling me. Oh, yeah. you know, somebody who told me um, a couple of weeks ago that they couldn't add me. Now maybe you can now because I didn't block a few people. So hopefully it's five thousand, right? It's 5, that people 000. can. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I haven't checked my followers. So I don't even know how many followers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean the people that. Friend me, I didn't think I had that many people friend me, but somebody told me that they couldn't friend. Well, me. you're all secret. I can't see. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't friends. see your whole account. We're the only friends of employment. But then there's, um, I think there's a count where people are friends and the people that follow you too. Yeah, there is. Flexibility now, because I have them people I don't even talk to, so I want to make room <laughs> for people that I actually care about. You know, not even care about, but probably that's more beneficial than some of the people that's following me. Well, that means you can't get so, rid of me. Y'all let me know if y'all came out with me. <laughs> or if y'all can't friend me. If you need some space, I can make sure. <laughs> yeah, I can make some My space. My cash app is. Um, <laughs> X, and it's on there, too. Oh, but yeah, man. Anthony Lewis, February 10th, uh, 3 p.m. Um, it's going to be very dope. Uh, at Diamond Cut Tattoo Company. Um, check my app. Let him guide you how to paint, man. That man can paint his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
excuse me. Has his paint. He's got the paintings all over his house too. It's just very dope. Very dope dude. So that's the only three church announcements I'm doing. I'm doing my people this week. I ain't, I ain't doing nobody else. Mm-hmm. So you want to get into? I want to get into what the fuck is wrong with black people? Though? I want to get into <laughs> why is misogyny such a problem? I'm not. I'm not talking about it. He's the worst. I told you before you came. So. Okay, so no, for real. So, how did you feel about the Oprah speech? Because I asked my mm-hmm. mom, she was like, this is stuff that's been known. This is stuff mm-hmm. that should have been said a long time ago. Yeah. She was not. She, she, You know how the internet overblew it. Mm-hmm. Oprah for president. She was like, yeah, right. that's cool. Yeah, it was, she was like, yeah, that's cool. How did you feel about it? I felt the same. It was just a nice speech. Yeah. It was a very powerful speech, but that's it. No more, no less. I don't think it was groundbreaking. I think it was revolutionary that she was accepted. But then I'm struggling to, I'm, I'm struggling with this idea that we are very excited when white people have allowed us to win an award for the first anything in 2018, you know. Right. Um, I think I'm more excited when I've won the first of something despite them allowing. Uh, them allowing it or creating my own lane to be the first anything you know what I'm saying I feel like I'm more excited about that and I'm not to say that I don't get why that's exciting to be the first of something in an all white space or something that's predominantly about white people because it is it's just that I think I want to be more excited on being the first of anything or breaking molds and grounds not when white people have allowed me to do so well, do you not think right right now in day and age that we support, we celebrate that more us Groundbreaking something by ourselves versus being accepted into a white space. I don't think so. I think I think it's the other way around. I think we get a lot more excited about being the first of anything in these all white spaces versus mm. not being allowed and still being the first of something, or we're making our own way and being the first. Of something. Mm. I think I think we get excited about both, but I think it's more so the latter of those things because we just been like again always going to go back to conditioning. You know, we've been in fighting for these spaces and fighting for this first and fighting for this first. And it's just that, crazy yeah. that it's 2018. Oprah has just won this award. Like, she should have been winning an award like this. But I also think that though the speech was powerful, it was just a speech. Like, that's it. I don't think that she said anything overly transformative in it. And I think and there was a lot of actually critiques in the speech for me. There was a lot of things to critique, critique about the speech. Like that, like what? Um, for one is that I did not hear anything about intersectionality in that speech when it comes to sexual assault and rape. I heard a lot of stories surrounded around cis women being sexually assaulted and raped, and I didn't hear any type of focus or any acknowledgement on how sexual assault is not created equally and how trans black women are a huge target that are often erased from this narrative. And for me, that that's, that's, a, that's, that's a huge critique on my part because that's being complicit. And you're not, and anytime you don't, Acknowledge intersectionality, you're missing a mark, and that's erasure. So that well, was so a big critique for me in, in the speech. I thought she was just saying for anybody because it was that because she was mainly focusing on women, mm-hmm. but it was at one point she just kind of opened it up to anybody and she made sure she said men as well. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I so think that was the like, politically correct way to put it and very well, passive, was, you know. Yeah, that too. But I think also it was just like her way of including intersectionality. Very <laughs> passive and politically correct. My more point again, I think for me, when you have these conversations, I need you to be very direct and very In a clear. Speech? In a speech? Um, In a yeah, speech? you need when it comes to sexual assault because because trans black women and non cis people in general have been erased from so many areas, but especially when it comes to sexual assault and abuse. So if you're not including 
these stories around um, folks outside of cis women or cis people, then you are you are perpetuating this erasure. And that's not, and I don't, I don't think, think we can be complicit in that. You know what I'm saying? And for the fact that I heard her saying a lot about the media, the media this and the media that. And I, I know it felt very rehearsed and like, this is the nice way to say that sexual assault is wrong. This is the nice way to hold men accountable and still not even point out the fact that a lot of the men in the room didn't say anything to hold their counterparts accountable. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a lot of things that she was very passive about. And I don't think you can be passive when you're talking about these conversations. Well, to the trans part, I think saying everybody Includes everybody, I think. Mm. I don't think because I, I don't think, think so. you can't. Because if you try, if you try to be direct in a speech, you're gonna miss somebody nine times out of ten. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. If you sit there and try to list every single person, you probably gonna miss somebody. So I think you kind of have to say, you know, you make sure it's clear that you mean everybody. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think she. I don't think that because, because the story that she that she um, told was a very prominent story. Um, that she told, and I, and I hope that everybody was listening to that story because it's, it's a story that's not really told a lot. But um, that was about a cis black woman who was assaulted, and it was a it was a very important story. But there are millions of stories about trans black women that don't get told. Like but their stories are fault? not. I'm not saying it's her fault, but I'm saying I don't think because of that reason, I don't think that that was a whole new ideology or speech that she gave. I think that's a speech that we keep hearing over and over. I want to hear something. I want to hear somebody tell a speech about how we're not talking about the 25 black trans women who were murdered by the hands of physical and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. There's seven of them murdered in the first year. I want to hear that in a speech. That's transformative for me. That's, yeah. oh, maybe you should run for everything. I want to hear about how we are continuing to allow men to not hold their counterparts accountable in a speech. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear about how directly we need to dismantle rape culture. I didn't hear any of that in, in Oprah's speech. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear a lot about how um, I would. I hope that we get to a place where nobody has to say me too again. Well, we always say that. But how? How are we going to get to that? That's what I want to hear in the speech. Yeah, That's what makes it transformative for me. That's yeah. what makes it, oh, this whole big revolutionary thing. That is what I want to hear in the speech. Mm -hmm. If I'm not hearing that, you're saying the same thing everybody else is hearing. Very politically correct, very passive. And that is a way for people to continue to just brush it off as, yeah, it's bad, but we're going to just sit back and let somebody else take care of it. Even though you are the one that has the platform, you have the the power to at least spark some sort of change. But if you keep saying the same thing everybody else is saying, mm -hmm. then what really are you doing with your platform? You're not being responsible. Mm. I think no, I think what you said is absolutely correct. Like we should have more speeches like that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't just say like Oprah's speech was just like you know dismissible. You know what I'm saying? Just because it wasn't necessarily groundbreaking per se. I think reiterating it alone is, is a great thing, you know what I'm saying? But I think you, I, I do agree with you. Like, we do need to have more speeches like that. You know, maybe Oprah isn't the one to have that speech because she's not in that mindset. She's maybe. not, you're right. You know but I'm saying? just saying, for that reason, I'm not going to deem Oprah's speech oh so groundbreaking. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, you need to run for president. First of all, even if somebody no. said all the stuff that I said, I went still and said they're supposed to be president just because, you know. Um, People be overdoing I, that shit. But I think that that is a speech and something that is groundbreaking and transformative and unlearning a lot of our time and dismantling rape culture you know right. what i'm saying right. i don't think that her speech did that and there was and those were my critiques in it and i think language is very um powerful like i said you continue to say the same thing that everybody else is saying and being very passive about these situations then you're gonna have passive actions and passive results and then we ain't really making no progress do you think her speech was completely passive 
I think it was. It was very politically correct. Like everybody else was saying, like I've heard that speech so many times before. I'm not saying it wasn't great. It was I'm great. not gonna lie, I haven't heard this speech. It was great. Very often. But it, it you know mm. I think I think if you go back and look at it, like really with a critical eye, maybe you might see some of the things that I'm talking about. No, I definitely see what you're talking okay. about. Absolutely. I definitely see what you're talking about. I'm just I just think it's still it's a good speech for what she did say. Well, yeah, I just it's a good speech for what she said. Yeah, it. nothing yeah. more, nothing less. Just a good speech for what she said. We'll got some opinions. So what you're saying is you're not voting for Oprah in 2020? Um, <laughs> as of now, no. But I would give her a chance just because she a black woman. Simply on the that she's a black woman, I would definitely give her a chance. I would too. But right now, it's gonna be a nah for me. It's a nah. It's gonna be. But a, nah a black woman definitely me. need to run this country. I will say that. I think sure. a black woman would. Yeah, the experience. I definitely want a black woman to run this country in my yeah, lifetime, would, for sure. As long as she's got the know-how. Oprah might not be that black woman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say Oprah because I ain't never seen her <laughs> in politics like that at all. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that. But um, I think she's definitely a path maker. Um, but as of right now, because of a, a one for her lack of experience and. That you know, let's just be real. Like Oprah is rich. Like she is still a part of marginalized groups because she's black and she's woman, but she's very rich. So she still has a lot of active ties to white supremacy, and she invests a lot in white supremacy. Like all of them who were there were investing in white supremacy by just even being at the Golden Globes. Like the Golden Globes is an entity of itself that continues to invest in the same men that they all were wearing black for. Like I felt like that was the biggest irony of it all, that so, them even being there. Well, so what's somebody in Oprah's position do then, like, to be? You're supposed to give it away. You're supposed to give the money away. If you got it, why not? No, 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 I'm not. not. Why not? You got it. Because I want more, and I want to keep what I got. That's great. And you see how that works? (laughs) I don't know. I mean. That's what capitalism do to us. I mean, we all, and I'm not saying we all participate in capitalism and and, and white supremacy in some way or another. Mm -hmm. Um. But she has a much she I ain't Oprah, you know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so I invest in it in a lot of ways um, by design, and that is part of my control and not a part of my control. Um, but a person who is a celebrity who has a platform and has a lot more control than normal people can certainly make a, a way more huge influence with their money more yeah. than not. For sure. And one of those the biggest things that you can do is just divest. Just mm-hmm. don't go to the Golden Globes. Just don't show up. Mm-hmm. That's what you can do. That's good. That would have been the biggest. I would have wore black for that all day long. If you just went, went and showed up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would have been a protest of its own for me. Yeah. I mean, there's, like you said, there's different ways to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, convey a message. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. I don't, what I don't like is telling people how to spend their money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because especially Not giving away money is a dangerous game in itself. Like, I've, I believe, like, you know, you have enough money, you should definitely be doing, like, grants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, scholarships and stuff like that, so people can right. earn it. But just giving away money is, a, yeah, you know, what I'm saying that's that can be a whole nother monster. In itself. Well, when I say giving away, I mean in a constructive, not just like. Oh, okay. Um, but then the I don't know. I'm, I'm real radical. If I get someone, I might just pull up to somebody's hood and just, hey, I, I really might just do that. But that's just me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why not? Not Will. Will's the cheapest, <laughs> Will's the cheapest black man. You know. Yeah. Unless it come off these tax returns, I, I can't do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The baby don't yeah. be eating. Um, yeah, it, it's not my. I'm not in the business of dictating, but I I, I like to say, and that's why I try to really watch my language by saying people should should. I don't like using should, but I want to say, I think it would be great and it is productive. I'm trying to come up with a better word. That should. That should. Basically, um, should. Maybe it should. Then. Yeah, just be. Um, I mean, just be real with yourself. It should. 
I think <laughs> whatever <laughs> we think the leaders, quote unquote, aren't saying, like we just got to be responsible for saying more. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, we can't say what should the person should do all day. Yeah, it's always gonna be something different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if we having the conversations as regular people, then it wouldn't even matter if they're not having it. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we spread the word, the knowledge. Uh, we kill the ignorance ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, we shouldn't be. I don't think we should wait for leaders to say stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think we should wait. But um, I think it matters what they say. And yeah. what they, I think it matters what they don't more what they don't say. It um, does. I'm just saying. I think it's more on us to have the conversations we want to have. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it is. I just think they, um, if they're going to say something, I believe, they say it right. Uh, get it right. I believe it's more about what they say. And I'm, and I don't know if you're like this, but you try include. Do you try include just about everybody, like to fix, I guess, their problems. Who's like everybody, black folks. That's it. Well, I mean, you for the trans people, right? I mean, they're black trans people. So if they black, yeah, I include all black people. You so you don't go for white trans people. Mm, nah, I mean, if they get if they get if white people get inspired by my message, then that's great because they hold the power. So yeah, I'll, I'll, they they definitely get their shit together. It's not my responsibility to teach them. I will though. I come to your school and teach a whole bunch of white people for 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 a nice fee, but it's not my responsibility to teach you. And I'm not doing this work for you. Like I said, still not. I mean, I'm not gonna come to your college, or come to your communities, and you pay. Mm-hmm. But that's not my that's not my goal. That's not my work is to influence white people, um, in any capacity. So black first. Um. Yeah, black pretty much first and always. Um. I love humanity. I'm not gonna say I'm, I don't want to connect and make and make alliances with the folks, mm-hmm. but that's not who my work is for. Does that make sense? And I think you no, can yeah, I, I think you can be. My work is for Black folk and Black folk only. I love humanity though, so I want. So if they I t- want pull anybody, something from it, yeah, and I, I and I can say I actually can say I want people to be inspired by my work. My work is just not for you. It's merely being pro. And it's not my responsibility not to teach you any of the things that I'm teaching to my people. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to teach your ass. Mm-hmm. You got to learn it, just not for me, unless you pay. <laughs> and then, and then again, I'm still gonna be, you know, I'm gonna, you know, be be discerning about, you know, those things. Yeah, just being pro black. I think right. That's and that's the, you know, that's what people a lot of times love to misconstrue was when you say, you say pro black. Pro black is immediately anti white. If you didn't know, if y'all didn't know. But the thing is that I don't even, and, and, girl, we, we really better get into something because girl, um, that's when we get comfortable. With she said, "Girl, let me tell you." <laughs> my fault, my fault. Um, I don't even think I can't even say that anti-white is all that completely, you know, absurd idea. Like I don't even think that's a completely absurd ideology to have. What you mean? And I think it's somewhat valid to be anti-white. Because when I think about whiteness, I think about um, slavery, colonialism, evil, um, theft, rape, <laughs> pillaging. <laughs> like, it's evil. What, what else? What, I don't know. What I don't else? think that's fair to white people. But it tell is hard to, to disassociate. I'm going to say, what, what college are they, they say? Tell that to a cramp slave ship. It's <laughs> oh, not fair to white people. Oh, okay. I think what he says that's Shout out to like, college, Janae. You know, the white person down the street, you know what I'm saying? could be just trying to live their life, you know what I mean? And they might be being shown the wrong images or getting the wrong knowledge or that, mm-hmm. but they could have no Ill, Ill intent versus black people, you know what I'm saying? So they could just be trying to live their life. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to, so you wouldn't want to be like necessarily anti-white in all capacities in that manner. But um, when it comes to just like white ignorance, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to like, you know, race relations, 
Yeah, I think we should just like stop worrying about. All right, we gotta sit down with this white person and teach yeah, them why we're like, upset. Yeah, like, we got time for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when we say pro-black, stop worrying about trying to explain yourself when you say pro-black. Right. Um, when you build something and you call it the black so-and-so initiative, stop worrying about explaining why you call it black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think in that respect, we cannot worry about black white people. Mm-hmm. But I won't go out of my way to like, hate you know, white people. Yeah, too. no, I don't, I don't go out of my way to hate white people. I don't go out of my way to hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I really don't hate white people, honestly. Yeah. You just... <laughs> It's just what it's conditioned. A lot of times, it's like a lot of it's like when you get that kid on Xbox Live that's like thirteen years old calling people nigger. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They probably don't even know what that shit <laughs> right. means. They just know that shit offends black they people. Just, yeah, they just know it's, it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a good dig word. I think we, yeah. we get caught up into like this vice versa thing. Like white, we know that white people um, have a a very constructive hatred and or discrimination against black folk for various reasons like systemically culturally socially politically economically mm-hmm. and we know that that's wrong right racism is bad we know that mm-hmm. but then you you turn around and you have black folks who are extremists right and they don't like white people and they like murder white people and all this kind of stuff like that and we'll say well that's wrong too and i'm like that's wrong yeah it's wrong it's wrong this black man killed a white police officer and then i'm just like these are some nice flowers over here. Hmm, what's going on? Right, and 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 I'm not going to say that it's right, but I understand the killing rage. There is a book by Bill Hooks called Killing. Um, called I think it's called Race in America, and it's called Killing Rage. Mm-hmm. And what she describes is that killing rage as a ideology that white supremacist aggression is literally emotionally, physically, and psychologically damaging. And creates killing rage amongst black folk. No, that's bullshit. Um, and it's actually a proven thing that racism is, it, it, it creates psychological trauma. It creates oh, I do PTSD. believe that. Yeah, but that's what she's saying. Like, white In some people, it affects them so much. I mean, I think all black people in general have some level of PTSD and, and, and psychological trauma. No, it's not that. That it, I guess, you know, it makes killing rage. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, that's I think that's what she was, that's what she was getting at is that um, white supremacist aggression just weighs on you so much in, in, in ways like biologically, like literally, you know, that it creates that killing rage to want to kill. And that rage is valid for many reasons. I like, think the rage could all. be valid, but me going out and killing a random white person on the side of the street, you know what I'm saying, just because of racism, mm-hmm. I, don't, I would never cheer, you know, I would never right. cheer for somebody for doing something yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I wouldn't either, but if I hear it, I'm, I'm not gonna be out in the streets. Uh, white lives matter. Well, I don't think anybody's going. To. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> that I don't even think many white people <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, so that, but, but that's what I get when I when I hear that. I don't I don't hear it. It, it really isn't a vice versa because I I understand the killing rage. Like hatred and killing rage against white people is valid for that reason. It just is. Like look at the history. I mean, you can disagree with me about that because that's subjective. But the history and the evidence of the impact of white supremacist aggression, the impact of colonialism is so vast. I really don't see how that's not valid. Mm. 
And I really don't see how revolution is going to be brought about without bloodshed anyway. Like, this country was built on it. See, there's, okay, so there's bloodshed against mm-hmm. the right, you know, the the right enemy, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then there's just taking it out on right. anybody because of the color of well, And then people would debate with you and say, well, what, well who's the right you, enemy? Because all white people benefit from colonialism. All well, white see, people are racist to an extent. So somebody would debate with you and say, well, who is the right enemy? Is it everybody racist know. to an extent? Yeah. I mean, well, black yeah. people can't be racist. Racism is a system in which an, uh, an inferior group discriminates and or inflicts oppressions on an, on an inferior group. So a superior group inflicts oppressions and racism on an inferior group. I thought that was so like, many definitions. I was going to say, there's multiple definitions. And like one of the base definitions mm-hmm. is just say the one I go with. Not, well, if you're looking at the dictionary definition, who wrote the dictionary? I mean, but somebody white, right? Here we go. But Honestly, I, like, that's just real. If you're looking at a dictionary definition of anything, you're always going to mostly end up smacking yourself upside the head because we know that a literal definition of something is not all the to the story. And Webster is not going to tell you all the many ways in which racism exists. Webster was a black man, if you didn't know. You didn't buy it? You know what I'm saying. I do, but I'm just saying, like... I don't believe you have to have you. You have to be in a position of power to be racist. Mm-hmm. It's not what the evidence is. That's not what our history has said. That's not what school to prison pipeline says. That's not what redlining says. You do too much reading for me. That's, That's not what saying. housing inequality says. Here's the thing, like. I guess if you simply don't live by the, uh, the dictionary, then that's you know what I'm saying that's one thing. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of have to because otherwise, how would we define anything? You know what I'm saying? Well, but that, that I don't think that makes. I think I think I want to live by something I'm actually seeing, seeing well, see, play it out in and, in real time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Your, your definition is still valid. It's just there's multiple definitions. One of them being racism, simply being that you're believing that your race. It's superior to another race. You know what I'm saying? But do black people really feel that our race is superior? Or do we want our race to just be on the same playing level as everybody else is on? And if we've just been forced to kind of create that in a lot of extreme ways, I, I think, think that's a difference. I would think if you believe that... <laughs> I, be, I would believe if you think that one race is evil, that they have bad, a lot of bad uh, mm-hmm. intentions in general, yeah. I would think that you do think you're superior. But that's a fact, though. Like there's evidence to prove that white whiteness and white supremacy does have a lot of ill intentions. Like we've seen it every day. Donald Trump is a is a prime example of that. But is that we talking about being naturally evil when you're born just because you're white? Like I don't know if I know white people that think that white people were born naturally. I, I'm pretty sure every nah, black person know I know people, say it's the culture that are taught the, racism. The culture that they're brought up in it gradually makes them evil or yeah, whatever. You're, you're, that's a, racism is a taught <clears throat> behavior. All prejudice, like all people, now let's, let's be clear, all people are prejudiced and to some extent. We all have prejudice. Yeah, sure. And are influenced by prejudice. Um, but prejudice is an attitude and you have stereotypes that is our ideologies about certain things. And then there's discrimination, the action of those prejudices. So that's the difference, right? So racism is like the larger action of all these little prejudices and stereotypes. That's the difference. So a black person can think a white person is inferior all day long. What really can they do about it, though? What power do they have to put in action? And that's what racism is. Racism is a system of things, not just I'm calling you a white person a cracker. Because we know that racism isn't just calling somebody a nigger, right? 
But that is a stereotype and a prejudice that is harmful in a grand way because they use that prejudice in order to put into action to keep you out of businesses, to keep you out of schools, to keep you out of housing. And that's why saying nigga is far worse than saying cracker for that reason. But that's not only racism in itself, but that is a factor into putting into action. All I'm saying is I agree with everything you just said. That's just one definition of racism is all I'm saying. Right. Now, black racism versus against white doesn't really do shit. You know what I'm saying? But, you it, can but go, it isn't racism, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, you calling a, black, a white person. Power. You calling a white person a cracker. What is that going to do? What is that going to do to them? It's probably not going to do nothing. But nothing. I'm saying that's yeah, a definite, Exactly. That's still and that's why it's not racism, though. That's what I'm saying. It's that's a level to this. Though. It might hurt your feelings. You calling me a nigger could literally keep me out of, out of housing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. That's racism. You calling a Latino person uh, out of spaces from getting housing, from staying in this country. This is a stereotype, but it's not racism. It's a larger scale of things. That's what racism is. But what if it was a person in a position of power? What if it was a black person in a position of power? What if it was a black person in a position of power and they did what? Discriminated against somebody white from getting in somewhere? Yeah, so I ain't going to let your crack ass in here. Isn't that racism? I don't know if I'll call that racism. I'll call that revenge. <laughs> and actually, that's happening in South Africa, actually. Like, a lot of white people are very, very poor and um, are being uh, outcasted in a lot of businesses in South Africa, in some places, in some parts of South Africa. I'm not going to lie. I'm right okay now. with that. I had, I felt no empathy about it. It's actually um, a documentary, Reggie, Reggie Yates, if you want to look on Reggie Yates. Yeah, he um, is like going to these different countries and exploring race, gender, and class politics. It's really interesting. Yeah. I watched I, a documentary a no, long time no ago. Empathy at all. Uh about I guess like basically like South Africa after apartheid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I so I don't know if I would call that I don't know if I could, and then maybe maybe somebody could argue that that's reverse racism. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody could argue that, that But it was years like even racism. after apartheid ended that white people were still in power, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So maybe now that's a reverse racism that black people are taking over. I ain't gonna call it that. I'm gonna call Please it. Please don't revenge. call it reverse racism. I don't think that, yeah. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> well that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Well see but, if we can't call it reverse racism then I don't think we can call it racism. Saying, like, like, pull nah, definition. I ain't cool with calling it racism. I, I I might accept that as reverse racism. <laughs> maybe. Well, no, I can't even say right because reverse means to undo something, right? So, so reverse I don't think you can call it. I don't think you can call it anything. Equality. Reverse. Yeah, I'm gonna call it revenge, and rightfully so. Well, I, I don't. I think it's, I think it's really fucked up, but you know, it is what it is. I think the universe has a way of working, and what you uh, put out will come back on you. So is unfortunately that people have to bear the burden of their uh, forefathers. Right. They ain't gonna do it, man. So is our oppression. The product of black people winning back a long time ago with ancient civilizations. Is that like and like black people putting people in slavery? Because you know like when they would take places over, they would put mm, people in slavery, have them do. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think well, black people have no like, Africans did. Um, so yeah, Africans because did if that's the case, then, then that would be just be happening in Africa, then and it wouldn't be happening in America. But yeah. I mean, you. But I mean, you blame white people in general. But it was really Great Britain that colonialized most of the world. Wouldn't great, wouldn't great people white people? Yeah, but yeah, but you just said Africa, right? I said, said yes. It's a lot of white people in South Africa. No, no, no. no. What I was saying, I'm sorry, I might have got lost. What I was saying was that Mm-mm. you said the karma. I was saying the karma and shit from mm-hmm. Egyptians, all that other shit, long okay. time ago, is here now. But you said mm-hmm. that it, it wouldn't be affecting us; it would be affecting the Africans, right? But then, uh, then I would think that then that would mean 
African black people here would be having slaves of other black people or black people would be in power and oppressing other black people, but that's not the case. So I don't yeah, I don't think that that's I don't think that's the same thing. If you research or if you look it up, black Africans did believe in slavery. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and, and people love African to bring that argument up, but so what does that have to, so just because black people sold black people that made it right for white people to do it? No, no exactly. not at all. So that's a mute argument. That's a very mute argument has well, to do with the other. It's not really an argument. Whenever I bring it up anyway, it's not really an argument. It's just a point that um, we should know our whole history. We can't just omit the stuff that makes Africans look bad. You know what I'm saying? We should just know our whole history. Yeah, I, I agree. I just feel like when people bring that up, why are you bring? Why are you bringing you it up? To, it's really the context in which they bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, so what? What's the point of you bringing? It still doesn't people, make it right for white people to have people, done what white they people bring up. Like no, I'm just. I said it because <laughs> I said it because. You said that it's right. karma. Yeah, but I'm saying, but I don't think it, it would work because I think I feel like if it was, it was if it was karma, then it would be black people in America enslaving other black people. You get what I'm saying? Like I don't think that it, it, it would work the same way. So I don't think that that's the same thing. Because if, if white people, in, I mean, in, I mean, yeah, I mean, you I mean, yeah, I mean, you're doing a very literal line of karma, right? I'm I just, mean, I'm just saying, like for me, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in the same way. But I think. Africans enslaving other Africans in, in, in Africa was definitely wrong, but it wasn't for the same reason either. So I think from, from my definition of when I said the whole karma thing um, was because white folks were enslaving black people or discriminating black people because of race, right? And black folks and Africans in Africa were enslaving other Africans based on a class, not on race. So it's wrong, but it definitely was not the same thing. That's what people will try to do and try to compare it to. So from when I said something about karma, it was for that reason. So that's and that was a completely different reason than why Africans were enslaving other Africans. That wasn't the same reason as why white folks were doing yeah. that. So it's all about the context of what's brought up. Like if you talk to a white person about slavery and they just hit you with the because they're the first thing they're gonna say. You know, what I'm still you know we got that one friend. Negate. We got that one friend that always says we'll be talking about something. He'd be like. Well, you know, uh, black people were the ones that sold them into it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, like, that made it right. So. No, like, it's, like <laughs> okay. I said, you should know your whole history, but don't fucking misconstrue the shit. Right. Um, it made it right. Like, I can, I can offer something to you all day long. Mm -hmm. If you knew it's not right, you shouldn't have took it. Right. Right. Still don't make a difference. So. so. <clears throat> and for the simple fact that it was on based on different reasons, like black folks, it wasn't putting other black folks into into. Slavery, um, which I'm, I'm not even sure they called it slavery anyway. I also think it was they called it solitude, um, in, in indentured servitude. I mean, mm -hmm. um, based on class and not based on race, mm -hmm. so or based on fucking losing battles. And I'm not sure that I don't I don't know for sure if slavery is still even. Um, well, I know in Libya I, I heard some story on on about yeah. that in Libya too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't, don't even bring that up when you're talking about white people and racism. We're not, we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> one don't negate the other, and they, they don't make it right. No. All right, so what did you think about the H&M joint? The little boy, uh, the little boy on the, on the picture had coolest monkey in the jungle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was, it's classic white people, white, white people white. So you so you think so you so you think it wasn't a tacky, it was very tactless. Um, so you don't think it was a mistake? Strategy. No, I, I I come to the point where I'm not gonna I'm not thinking that white people don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'm not gonna be that. We have been very fooled to believe that white people don't know what they're doing. They know what the fuck they're doing. 
I thought this was going to be a fun topic. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they did not. At this point, it's not huh. a mistake. They've done this several times. I'm not. I'm going to believe that white people don't know what they're doing. Well, let me ask you. So you think they purposely put some racist agenda yeah. in the I mean, the that's kind of what they do. That's what corporations do. I feel like black certainly. people shop a lot there. That's what corporations certainly do. And but you, and you know what? They still gonna do it. That's the, that's what they know. They they said, I'm gonna throw this out here. We're gonna get a lot of publicity, a lot of shaking up. We're gonna make a little apology, and they still gonna come shop us. Probably is more it, black people will shop to you now. Is what? It, would it be if they did it on purpose though? Would it be worse? Would it be worth losing all these like endorsements or like people celebrities like the weekend? Who's to say they, they, uh, they, they can get more? They can get, that's what I'm saying. They, they can get more. a multi-billion dollar like, company. And, and weekend, who's to say they ain't gonna go back to them after they make this apology? That's all well and good, but I was like, kind of like, why go through the effort of doing that if your business is already doing well? Why go through the roundabout way of doing Basically. it? Why go through the whole round of going to somebody's country? Stealing them, shackling them up to a, exactly but questions saying, we all have answers to. Mike, this is about a, why white people do what they do. Okay, but this isn't the same type of <laughs> white people though. Like that's what I'm saying. Like what are you doing? Are they no? I mean, I see I see history repeating itself in very different ways. I, so I can answer why. I don't know why people do what they do, but they know what they're doing. It's, it's not it's not a it's not a coincidence. We want to continue perpetuate the narrative that black people are savages, and that black people are um inferior for whatever white people have in their little brains about why they want to do what they do but this is a narrative that has been created and continues to be perpetuated through these tactics i'm not i'm not convinced that you don't know what you're doing about now you know the history about this you knew that what it, you knew it was gonna make black people mad you knew it was gonna rile us up which is just more stress and trauma that we got to go through and you're still going to continue to make money that's a win-win for me i can make some black people mad stress them out probably kill them off not let their kids shop at me because they know they got cheap clothes. So now we're going to lose some customers. But we're going to still have a lot of money. That sounds like a perfect plan to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. You're still like, going to get money. They not, you're still going to get money, but it feels like everybody's trying to avoid the racist, you know, train right now. Like, I, I would think, cause, because we're so sensitive right now. You got to remember this, man. We're, like, on high alert. Like, motherfucker, everybody's a social justice warrior right now. Mm -hmm. Even a lot for the wrong reasons. Like, if you talk about Umar and all them. Talking like this you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know how sensitive black people are. So it feels like you would avoid that at all costs, it feels like. Not if you want to perpetuate a narrative that they're savages. Which Not is, if you just want to dig into black people which more. If you're, which if it's, if it's a young, impressionable mind coming up generations and generations and they seeing this propaganda, what are they going to think? And they go back know. and watch a menstrual show. That's tactic. People, they're they not stupid, right? They know how to market. I don't think market. people are stupid. I'm just saying, in this particular case, this particular case right here, I don't know if a coolest monkey in the jungle shirt paints you as a savage, per se. If you look back at a menstrual show and you see how black people were painted as savages and that monkey is a slur, yeah, you would. It, it's hard. And they connect the dots. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It's hard for me to believe that it passed through this many channels and nobody, and nobody checked, checked somebody. Saying that this was a bad idea. Maybe somebody did check somebody and they just got written off because they're not at the at the highest, of, you know what I'm saying, the food chain. You know what I'm saying? Maybe motherfuckers was like, shut up, Jamal. Like, we're going to put this shit out. I'm not Who convinced. Knows? And especially when you see Dove doing it, when you see all the Shea Moisture doing it. Mm -hmm. it's, not a, it's just not a coincidence. Shea Moisture on my black man. And I'm actually, now, he bought it out. It wasn't always. And I'm just not, and I'm also not convinced that these people don't know each other. I think some of these corporate business got partners with each other and buddy buddies, editors with each other, and mm -hmm. marketers with each other. Like, it's no, it, it, I don't believe that. White people are not naive. Well, Obviously, they they got some type of smarts. They learned from us, and they didn't find a way to take over the whole world. So, they ain't that stupid. Well, I guess this is my bottom line question. 
at what point do we just stop expecting them to be sensitive to our? Uh, well, what's who? Well, who is expecting? I don't think me being like, angry about it and saying something about it is me expecting them not to be not not to do. Maybe it. not you per se, but I think the the large majority of people enraged by this. It's like, oh, I can't believe they did this. Da 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 da. Because you never get used to racism and get used to being slapped in the face. I don't think that's bad to expect yeah, people to be decent human beings. I want to live in a world where I expect somebody to be a decent human being and not put out an ad like that. I don't think that that's wrong for us to expect. But if we say that. this is like a norm, shouldn't we just yeah, focus on our own? Like, shouldn't we've been focused completely on our own by now? Like, we keep because yes, I keep saying should. is, yeah, like we're gonna fight with our dollars. We're gonna support black businesses. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. It's like, all about price. It's all about price and availability. Well, I think no, you're talking about if you're really sick of so it, man. Are you, you no, you're talking about really I, think, I think you, I agree with you, but to say that should we stop expecting them and then shop with our dollars too? Like I can shop with my dollars other places and still expect people to be decent. I'm not gonna. I, I just can't. I, I feel like that the way that you're saying it is saying that I'm trying to control somebody's emotions. I'm not gonna control how people feel about a certain thing and and, and what they expect from somebody else. Like you can have expectations all day long. That's your right. I'm not going to control how you feel about that, especially right. because I understand. I want, I should expect that you would not do something like this. Right, right, but right. I also want black people to put their money where their mouth is and just not support businesses like this. But also, I'm not going to condone and try to dictate what you do with your money either. No, no, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, if the outrage is the peak of what you're saying, not talking about you, but mm-hmm. there's somebody in this argument. If you out here making these videos and you just mm-hmm. screaming on the, in the camera for 10 minutes, right. you know what I'm saying? I want to see you taking every step you can. Right, I agree. To follow, you know what I'm saying? I but there's a lot. There's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that if, you, if you're going to talk, I don't think it's somebody doing that. They, if they you're going to talk to talk, what? You all out like that, and then doing. I don't. I don't think it's people out here doing Facebook vids, doing YouTube vids, doing Instagram shorts, mm-hmm. out here advocating for do this with your money, da 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 da, and they just completely living a false life. Bro, how many mm-hmm. false? You know, a famous so, false social justice warrior. But it's a lot of people who make the argument or just want to argue about the situation. Right. And, and like, then just no. go back and do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, you're shit. right. I, I don't agree with it. I don't respect it. I feel like if you're going to be about it, right. you you divest. Now, for somebody, and then and there's some people that feel like it's wrong, but they still going to shop there. I don't agree with that either. I feel like, but I'm not going to, like I said, I can't dictate yeah, to what you do with your money. I think that if you can, I don't, I, and I really don't, I really can't say this, but I don't think that you have to shop at H&M. Like, you don't. you don't have to. But then again, it's like, it's a lot of other, uh, ain't no place that you shop is not corrupt. But I also don't think that that means that you can't divest from these places that do this kind of thing. So people say, well, everything is corrupt, so I might as well just shop everywhere and eat everything. I, no. I feel like that's if a If you want to put logic. effort into it, you'll put that's effort into it. That's not a good logic to have. Right. I think you can die. Of course, you can't boycott everything, but you can boycott some stuff. Yeah. So you can not shop at H&M. That's what but I'm, I'm not going to try to dictate to where you shop at. Maybe you needed to get those $8 off jeans. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just wish that people would be more responsible and try harder to I'm divest saying. as much exactly. as they can. I will say that. Oh, She's gonna leave the show to say something worse. Tell you what, man. Now you gotta come say hey on the show. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just think we should try harder to divest as much as we can. But I do get that there are some times where even when stuff happens, um, you put in a position where you still gotta shop there. Right. But I, I am going to. But a clothing this. store is not one of those spots. Uh, I, I can't say there's not. I don't, I, I'm not the person to dictate that. I do want. I'm just going to say I want us to try harder to divest <laughs> as much as we can. So That's speaking of saying. telling people how to feel, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of these people criticizing the mom of the boy 
for not being mad about the shit. No, my yeah, boys not, not even from I'm, here. They're not from here. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not for. I'm not with yeah. that too. I'm, and that's the thing. I don't. I, I like to do. I like to criticize a critique in a way where I'm not trying to control people's uh, uh, emotions and feelings. I'm gonna say I want that. I I hope that mom begins to become educated about the reason about why that was offensive. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just gonna say that. I just hope that she becomes more aware mm-hmm. about these messages and how they're portraying black folk and how it can hurt for an onward. I, I want her. I w- I hope that she does that. From what I gather, I might be wrong. I need to actually. I wanted to re- actually read her thing, but from what I gather from other people, she understands why it could be seen as offensive. Mm-hmm. And she's just saying. It's just ain't facing her like that. Like she yeah. know her kid ain't a monkey. You know what I'm saying? They got paid. Yeah. We out here getting this money. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. So I mean, if, if that's her take, I respect yeah. her choice. I'm just gonna say that just because she wasn't mad about it doesn't mean it wasn't right, and it was offensive because X X X and X. Right. I'm just not gonna dictate how she feels about it. I'm not gonna say that she that's didn't get her about. coins. I'm glad that she definitely got paid. I'm right. definitely glad about that. Um. So it's and I think all these things can exist. I'm glad. I, I want her to get paid. I want black folk to get paid. I want black folk to be um on platforms and be seen. I also just think that this was a tacky way for it to happen. What was the, it's just my personal opinion. What was the point of Diddy offering a million dollar contract? Like, he was offering the kid like a five, like a million or something dollar to to model for um Sean John, I think. Which yeah. is Sean John even pop like that anymore? Uh, yeah, people still yeah, wear think, Sean John. Okay. People on uh, Yeah, that's what that's what it was, which is super. And dope. I think that's great. See, and, and, yeah. and it's stuff like that, like that's doing the work. To, that's what I'm So it's like he's like. I'm protecting you out of the space. Yeah, or maybe he just wants to like, yo, I'm gonna make sure like you don't have to be, you know, involved. Put out here like, and she still might say, nah, I'm good. This is the person I want to run. Which which is her choice. I just want us to be better about divesting in places that continue to perpetuate a false narrative. Right. That's it. I feel you. I feel you. Next topic. Um. Okay. One that's near and dear to my heart. Chris Russell. Come here. Come here. Don't touch him. Come here. Don't touch him. He looks sticky, don't he? Okay, look. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. All right, so I really want to talk about this subject because I really care about it. Just a couple days ago, Black Panther had the highest pre sale tickets of all time for a Marvel movie. Ooh, I got to get mine. So, yeah, I'm. I'm actually scared that it might be sold out. No, I don't think it is. Not at least yet. the first we couple was, days. We was looking at it. Um, we was looking at it already, and we was planning to go February sixteenth. I thought it was fourteenth. Um, the same Hills joint. Is that? No, I'm just going to see it. Oh. I don't know. Oh, is that Eventbrite thing real? I'm not going to no yeah, special yeah. type of events yeah. and stuff, especially because I know some people is going to be there. I don't know. So, and it's going to be loud as fuck. But yeah, so no, they're not all sold out yet. But you should. Get I need to get on it. And while you do it, buy mine, and then I'll give you money back later. So, there's some things coming out that there's some advocacy groups coming out that saying this movie's wrong because it has basically all black people in it except for the one white dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. I thought it was two. And you see how that doesn't work, vice versa? Because if it was an all white movie, I would see why black people, because we always, we're never, it's always been white movies. So, that's valid, like to say, you need representation. You're in everything. Right. That's the whole point of why we have it all black. (laughs) You have it all. (laughs) So you get how that's not vice versa. There's two sides of everything. No, it it is really no two sides. This is just, it's all black movie. It needs to be all black movies. She's going in. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even hear that, actually. I never, I didn't even hear that. That's going on on social media. Um, You know, it's always those crazy groups that just find something to get mad about. 
Um, um, but also there's uh, some people coming out talking about Michael B. Jordan saying he's dating uh, somebody mm-hmm. white. And should he be allowed to be in the movie since he's dating somebody white? And see, people keep saying that, but I, I think y'all really, because people were saying that black women were saying that, and I think, I'm like, y'all blowing shit out of proportion. That's why I'm bringing up the black people, like, black women really, was, was black women really like ranting about And even if they were saying time. that, they Let wasn't ranting about it about to not go to the movie. They probably was just saying like, what we always say, like, oh, what? Black men always want to date white women if they does, which is valid too. But I don't think this had to do anything with the movie. So if they were saying if, if, if white if black women were criticizing him for dating a white a white woman or somebody other other than a black woman, then that was separate from not supporting the movie. Those okay, things were not connected. And, and some people might have seen it, but I think they blown it out. And and saying oh he got a white woman and going off is not boycott. That's not the same as a boycott. <laughs> That's just no. saying why you white you dating a white woman. No, I think the rumor was black women wanted people to boycott Black Panther because of blah 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 blah. Yeah. Blah. I but I didn't see none of it on my timeline. I ain't even seen no articles. I just saw articles of black women are supposedly outraged. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But people some who, some some cis head man probably black wrote that shit to demonize black women per usual. Like me saying criticizing a black man for dating somebody outside his race is not the same as boycott. That's inflammatory. Yeah, which I, is what we do a lot in our society, make inflammatory comments. And I think that's why I brought up the topic is um when it comes to situations like this, where I don't think, did you see anybody, like any black woman no. going crazy? So in situations like this, where it might have been, to like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's like two black women was like, we should boycott Black Panther because da 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 da, right. and people just taking a run with it. Exactly. Like, how do we as a people avoid just doing shit like that? Like gassing up small fires is what I call it. Like, I, don't, I think the way to avoid is just not do it. I really just don't. like I don't, don't just don't give it no like don't share it don't don't look at it. Yeah, don't share like, just, it. Especially if you ain't seeing no, like, people need to investigate and research. That's yeah, what, that's okay, what. so that is my answer. How do we do that? Read. I want niggas to read. I want niggas to read. I want niggas to research. It takes time. It's Before, hard. Um, it's hard. It's really not hard to Google black women outraged about Black Panther <laughs> and just scroll the first page. <laughs> it's not that hard. Like, or if it's like. But the same thing, we, it's just like the sensation of. Hot words and hot headlines. So we see something that's hot and it just triggers a sensation. Especially also, if we already coming into it with bias anyway, we gonna mm-hmm. share. You know. I feel like it's also the sensation of motherfuckers wanting the, a lot of people wanting to be mad as well. Like it's a lot of people who do, like look for that misogyny. You know what I'm saying? Like because misogyny is always gonna be there if you mm-hmm. look for it. It's gonna you gonna find it. You know what I'm saying? And even so, if you don't look for it, you gonna find yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That should like when you run into it. Don't get me wrong. It should be addressed. But it's like a lot of people, we, Cree talks about it all the time, mm-hmm. how you got to be weary of people who, um, you know, Cree's got a large following. She'll make a, a positive post about, you know, love or like what y'all happy about today. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get like 30, 40 comments, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? she make a post about, here go another problematic dude, mm-hmm. 2,000 yeah. something comments, yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? Da, da, da. So you got to be weary of these people right. who just there for the pity party, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And, like, and I agree, and I think that's the issue, but then I also, I don't want to just blame those people and say oh you should just not be there i want to investigate well why are people like that yeah i'm always the sure. investigator of why and continuously asking questions instead of just going straight to the blame to the person because exactly. a lot of times these people are victims well once they survivors themselves like a lot of women have been broken and, and people in general have been broken and hurt to the point where that's all they know that's all they can associate with is hurt and does Absolutely. it make it right for them to go there and project their trauma no 
they I, they have trauma too. Like that's why they do these certain things and always just gravitate towards this negative. So yeah, I want to yeah. get to that root and pluck that, and yeah. then let all the other stuff, you know, seep out. Because we just kind of looking at symptoms. Like them jumping on a post only about negatives is a symptom of something else. I want to get well, to that's that. why we just gotta preach more about therapy camaraderie, mm-hmm. like being there for each other's actual feelings, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not yeah. just being there to hear negative shit. Right. Like actually caring about why the person mm-hmm. is so, you know, down yeah, and, and speak life and, and yeah. it continues to, to dismantle the things that that make other stuff happen and not just focus on the symptom or stuff. Like Max Parth is always like talks about symptoms and roots. Like mm-hmm. police brutality is a symptom of something else, right? right. Um of 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 prison uh, culture of white supremacy of colonialism like that's a symptom of these things Th- those things are the root of it mm-hmm. so just always looking at the root investigating the why just caring about each other man right it feels like you, you genuinely right. care about somebody like you're not just looking at the symptom mm-hmm. you wondering which you don't just writing them off right. when they spaz exactly you like right, okay right. now and I don't mean that you can't spaz back you know because okay. I'm all for being assertive <laughs> being in somebody's ass when you need to be but yeah. I don't mean I don't love you I can That's do that in love you know what I'm saying I can say hey you need to get your shit together will you get your shit together okay. I love you for this reason that's why I'm telling you to get your shit together you. I'm not always gonna I'm say it politely or nice what do I do and I don't think that's I don't think I have to always say it nice and politely um but I need to do it so in a way that doesn't shut you completely down and that you can come back for more dialogue and more dialogue. And maybe I might not deal with you all in one day because I'm going to disengage with your ass at some point. Black or white or anybody, you know. Like, I'll take a little more time with black people, of course, always. Definitely not going to take no time with white people at all. I'm going to let you just look crazy on your own. Um, but at some point, you have to disengage. And then you just start over a new day, you know. But it's just taking taking that time to say, like, this is my community member. You get a little fuck up in the head. We all little fuck up in the head. I ain't going to deal with you today. I'm getting your ass. I might drag you a little bit. I still love you. I'm going to come back later. And if you open to a conversation, I'm still, my inbox is always open. My phone is always open. I'm willing to go there with you. See yeah. if we can work out. Yeah. Okay. So, another thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I know you're very into... Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I believe you're very into... Yes. Uh, Penis. Yeah, I well, I mean, do you? I'm not. <laughs> you relate to you. Don't you? <laughs> it is about penis. Okay. Um, transgenders and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not always about penis, so let's just start well, there. Um, I said it is about person, penis. I mean, I, every trans person is does not um, have a penis. I, I know this. Um, I know. And, and can we not say transgenders? You can just say transgender people or trans folk. You know, transgenders is, sounds a little weird. Sounds objective, you know, a bit. Just a suggestion. See, this is this is the doing the most thing. See, this is the. I feel but like. How would you like somebody said those blacks? That sounds weird, right? That's not kind of like harsh. That's how you. That's how you sound. You say transgenders, the transgenders. Is she right? Is she right? I think she's right in this point. Okay, yeah. you might be right in this point because I did feel a little weird just now. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> Genuine didn't want to kiss a transgender person. Mm-hmm. And the tra- transgender person apparently forced themselves on him. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I don't know if he pushed her off or. From what I read, like, I don't know if he pushed her off, but he got up and got the fuck out of the situation. Like, he was just like, oh, no, I need to, I need to get up and remove myself because mm-hmm. I'm being forced upon. Right. 
Right. Well, how do you feel I about that? I didn't see the whole situation, um, but I just kind of took everybody's word for it from when they was telling me the same story. We just, it, I hold myself accountable for that too because I like to read stuff for myself. But I'm pretty sure the people that was telling me wasn't like lying or that. So I think that there were a lot of arguments going on. That one is it that Genuine is transphobic. So that's just, that's one argument, right? And then there's another argument that Genuine is transphobic because he didn't want to kiss. Um, a trans woman, and then there's an argument that Jayuan is transphobic and didn't want to kiss somebody that was okay because they did not ask for their consent, right? And this person just happened to be a trans person. So I'm on the latter end of that spectrum is that I do think Jayuan is transphobic. Based um, off of what? Um, one based off of I think all cis people are transphobic to some extent based on conditioning and I don't think that any any cis person can say that they're just not transphobic completely just like I don't think any white person can say that they're just not racist because they were taught to be that right so um, and also based on his comment because if I'm correct he said that he would not that then he said what did he say he said something in the beginning saying something about oh no I would just absolutely never date no trans and, and, and his tone about it came from like a very disgusting and derogatory. Exactly. I didn't to, know about the tone. Way. I didn't right. even hear the actual thing. I did hear him say. Somebody um, said he said that. I didn't want to. He didn't want to be a transgender person. Right. I don't and know then, the tone so came out. I think he definitely is transphobic. Do I don't think he's wrong for not wanting to kiss anybody who did not ask for consent, or if he just didn't want to kiss, regardless of what the reason is. Mm. But he could also be transphobic because he didn't want to kiss her. So I think both those things can exist. I think that it's a possibility that he didn't want to kiss her because he because he's transphobic. And I also think that he's not wrong for not wanting to kiss her because she's trans too. So I think both of those things. I guess my question is, how is every cis person inherently? Yeah, I think it's unfair to automatically label him as transphobic. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm I don't know. For I, I, I can't say for sure, but I, I just think that that's a possibility. I'm not. I'm not going to say that any cis person is not transphobic because we've been conditioned to be transphobic. And just based on his music, it's very rooted in heteronormativity, and the way that he got up and was like, "Oh no, I don't want to get out of here." That that to me says transphobia. Just that alone says trans to me. I don't know. But I don't think he's wrong. Did you hear what I said? I think I don't think that he's wrong for leaning away Mm because she was definitely wrong for that. You should never try to kiss somebody without their consent first. So she's wrong. He's not wrong for not wanting to kiss her, regardless of what the reason. But I also think that he doesn't want to kiss her partially because of he's transphobic. But if okay, so you said yeah, I know I get what you're saying. You said that he. Some of the things led you to believe that he could be transphobic based off of some of his actions, right? And his in the situation, tone, yeah. and just in general, okay. of him being sick. So both. So in the situation, the way he acted made me think that he didn't want to kiss her because she's trans, uh, which is transphobic. Do I think he's wrong for not wanting to kiss her? No. So I think both of those things. Do so you think it's wrong for somebody to not want to kiss somebody solely off the fact that they're trans, I, it, or I, engage with someone? Um, I think it, it, it depends on the why. It's always about the why. So it's like, well, why didn't you want to kiss a trans, a trans woman? And that that why of it would, can tell somebody whether it's a phobia or is it just on a general basis. Whoa. But the way that he reacted and not wanting to be even in her space after she did that leads me to believe that he probably is transphobic and in that moment. But still right for not wanting to kiss her. So here's why I don't, just why I can't, like say he's more likely transphobic because I don't know the tone of which it came out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't think it's transphobic if, like, say, if the reason was he didn't want to kiss someone who was genetically born a man, 
he may not fully, you know what I'm saying, be to that point where he's okay with kissing somebody who's born right. a man. Right, but see, and that's the why, though. So why aren't you, though? What's the why of that? That's what creates a phobia. It's, it's because you've seen things where you see that trans people have diseases or you think that if you kiss somebody that makes you gay, like, that, that's phobia. So if that's well, the reason, then that is a phobia. Does that make him wrong for not wanting to kiss her? No, but that still is a phobia. Both of those things can exist. I don't think, think one You think that's irrational? The, I mean, because I mean, phobia is an irrational fear, right? But see, and that's the thing with it. That's the, the, the thing I get back about literal stuff. So it's not just about fear, like, oh, I'm scared. Well, kind of fear. It's intolerance. It's discontentment. It's not wanting to be in the same room with you. All of that can be considered. It's not just literal fear in that sense. It can be intolerance. It can be... Um, I'm, um, I, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? It's this something. I can't think of the word, but you get what I'm saying. So it, it, it's a varying spectrum of what a phobia is. Okay. I understand now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. And the way that he, somebody told me he jumped up and like that, that says transphobia to me. I mean, because I can't I think say that if this person, I think that's overly I can't say that if this person was now one, the person was just unattractive for what some, some people are saying. <laughs> And like I said, so for whatever reason, and isn't Genuine still married? I don't know, but like I said, for whatever reason, he didn't want to kiss this person. He's absolutely in the right for not wanting to kiss anybody, even if this person was not trans, but still, so Sable was a straight. This woman was was a cis, right? Mm-hmm. Say this woman was cis. He might not want to kiss her because she wasn't cute, right? <clears throat> and I it- can say that that is still influenced by some type of isomorphobia. That's a possibility. And I'm still going to say that he's right for not wanting to kiss her, but I can still say that that probably is influenced by some type of isonophobia because I think a lot of in everything that we do is. I so think I think it's just unfair to say or to be so critical as to say he jumped up, which makes you think that, you know, he possibly could be transphobic because, I mean, like, if a woman jumped up from a man, would nobody... But see, the, or, the, or even... The difference is that women are part of the marginalized <clears throat> group in which men are mostly predators so okay. that's, that's what's the difference there is not a overwhelming amount of predatory behavior amongst trans women to cis men that's <clears throat> the difference and so when you talk about a phobia you're talking about false narrative that's why i talk about these false narratives being created but so white people are sometimes scared of black people based on a false narrative correct correct right same thing we create these narratives and things to make people fearful for nothing like the whole bathroom bill like, you're not worried about men in the bathroom with your daughters, even though all the rapes that happen, most of them are by men. Yeah. Even even though men are, are raped in higher percentages of women, but by other men. Yet, you have such a concern about trans women being in the bathroom with your daughters. And there aren't overwhelmingly cases about trans women attacking people in bathrooms. It's just not. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But usually when you're, when you're fearful about a situation, it's because you've seen evidence and, and overwhelming amounts of instances to where that makes you fearful. But if you don't, then that means that's a false fear that somebody has taught you to believe. That's when it becomes the phobia. It's the why of the thing. I agree with all that. You know? I and I'm just going to say that it's a, I said possibility. So I think it's always a possibility for any of us to have an isomorphobia because we've been conditioned by this stuff all our life. But I definitely, highly most think that genuine probably is, is definitely transphobic. <laughs> I'm almost pretty sure. So would you say that, oh, do you believe that it is okay for men or women mm-hmm. to deny relationships, engagement, whatever, right. with trans people based off the fact that they are trans? 
Um, do I think it's I think it's okay because you you have the right to deny anybody's not being in your space. But I'm still I'm still not gonna say that that's not transphobic though, because it it could be, it could be a possibility. It probably is a great possibility that you don't want to interact with a transphobia because of some false fear into which you've been conditioned. So those both of those things are my answer. Is that it's okay? Is that your space? You're allowed to do that. It's just that doesn't mean that it's not transphobic. I think what Will's saying is you should more so have the evidence that it is transphobic before you put that in the yeah. And let's, let me also just stop and, and, and say that I'm going to hold all of us accountable for saying what is and what's not transphobic because none of us are trans too. So I'm going to put that out in the air as well. Because um, we all ultimately don't get to dictate what is and what's not trans, honestly, to BH. But from our knowledge and the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say that... Um, I'm just gonna keep saying this. This is gonna always be my answer. I'm not gonna ever say that a cis person is not transphobic, just completely. Like, I, I would never say that I'm not transphobic because I'm pretty sure subconsciously I am. I've never been called out on being transphobic. I can say that I actively try to unlearn problematic behavior when it comes to transphobes. I can say that I actively pour in money and resources into groups who are trans and to my trans friends, which is dismantling transphobia or, or, or trying to, to at least. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that I'm not transphobic. I've been conditioned all my life. How, how can I? I don't think I can say that I can. It's been ingrained into me, and it's going to take work to continue. So if I can, if I say that I can't, I know a lot of other people can't say that they're not transphobic, mm-hmm. especially from the discomfort on y'all's faces. No, it's not. Think, I'm just thinking about what you're And I think saying. that that is what we got to get into. We got to be stopped so worried about being called called out versus actually what we do into to create the impact like i'm not going to be think, ever worried about somebody calling me transphobic more than what, i am going to be worried about being transphobic <laughs> i don't think anybody in this room per se anyway is worried about being called out like right. we're always open to being called out mm-hmm. um i've always been open to being called out about um i know my issue in the past has been i've never been misogynist per se but just allowing misogynist to flow around me and mm-hmm. not calling it out well so you just did it you said i've never been misogynist i said uh, i don't think you could say that you've never been misogynist well okay <laughs> All right, I'll say mm-hmm. this. I'll say this. Uh, I might have been misogynist before. Mm-hmm. I've never been consciously misogynist, I guess you could right. say. You could say That's that. A bit All right, I've never been consciously misogynist, but I have been guilty of letting it flow around me, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I've been yeah. welcomed, you know, being called out. You know, when you get called yeah, yeah. out, I mean, you at first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You at first be like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Da, da, da. So, so that's all. I just want people to think about the ways in which their bias subconsciously and consciously um, allow them to put into harmful actions. Or the way that they're just their prejudice in general, like because ideologies, even though you don't have the power to put it into action, like through policy and things like that, um, your ideology is linked to others' ideology who do have the power to put that into action. And that's just as dangerous. Hmm. And for the fact that people are literally murdering trans women yeah. or trans people right. for disclosing or not disclosing. Right. And that's an issue that trans people should not have the responsibility of ending, which is beneficial for any marginalized group to work towards dismantling something that's harming them, but they shouldn't have to then create it. Okay. We have to work on trying to get what I see is folk teaching and unlearning. Um, and that's not to say that there's not critique on tr- trans women. And, you know, because, like, there's still people. We all have issues that we need to work on in how we handle situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Two things. How do you feel about people who don't believe that, uh, I don't want to say transgenders, trans 
I don't know if it's transgenderism or I really don't transgenderism know. Transgenderism is, is, okay. is a thing. Transgenderism mm -hmm. is okay. Um, did I use it right? Yeah. I what, <laughs> what was the question? What do I okay. feel about people that that don't believe that transgenderism is a thing? And also, I think me and Michael have had this talk a few times, and he mm -hmm. said you commented before mm -hmm. about transgender transgender people mm -hmm. um, revealing. Them, themselves or themselves like just saying that they're trans yeah mm -hmm. and at what point right and well, do, should they at at this point I, I it, they're dying <clears throat> like that's all I can keep saying I really don't know what else to say but they're dying like people are murdering them from disclosing from the beginning from not disclosing and just walking down the street and I just think you're a trans person so it's like I don't know I can't I can't say when or what point and that's the thing, and I don't think that's the right question to be asking to say, should trans, I said, say, should people murder them? That's the question. No, I, should people, that's not a, <laughs> so that's, that, so I don't even want to even ask that question again. It's like, should trans people disclose? That's not the question for me. I don't even want to, I don't even want to answer that question because I don't think I, I, I can't even answer that question. I think not my lane to answer that question. Um, so I don't have an answer for you for that. I can say that um, we need to be asking the questions to cis folk as to how, um, to be a decent human being or somebody that's different from them. And even when they find out, like, say if you're out with somebody and they're attractive, you get down to the bedroom, you know this person has a penis. You just walk out. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't their job to disclose that they have a penis more so than it was your job to say that I don't want to date a person with a penis. Like, neither one of you did that. And nobody who's not going to know anything until they get down to that point. And it's so for the fact that I don't know what you're going to do. If I say something or not say something, I just don't know. And I think it's mm -hmm. going to be in the hands of a person who isn't marginalized in this this situation and isn't in danger to be the one to take the role. So, so I think instead of trans people disclosing, how about you just say, I don't want to date a person with a penis and then they end up calling you again. I think that one might be the better solution at this point. So we need to do genital checks. No, not, I didn't say that. I said no, not, having not, conversations yeah, having conversations, what you like. like. And it's a way to do that. So I'm interested in cisgender women on a first date or whatever, whatever, whatever. Also for the fact that a trans person is not going to assume that you're not interested in trans people. Like they're not just gonna assume that you're not interested in being with someone post or pre-operation. They're not gonna assume that. Just like you're not gonna assume that they're not cis. Like you're gonna automatically assume they're cis just cause you like cis people. They like all, probably all types of people. You know, it's just a whole bunch of assuming going on. One of these people is in danger of a possible assumption and disclosing. One of these people isn't. So I think it should be on the person who isn't to maybe say what they like as a way to rectify the situation. Or just not murder them if you find out. Mm, that could be a thing too. No, I mean, murder them is never <laughs> the answer. Um, or just not making a big, no, just, I just don't have to call you again. And that's the case. So, yeah. I guess that's, with that's the first response. situation you brought up, what I feel like is. If you do feel comfortable enough that you feel like it is going to the bedroom, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be an easier conversation to be had before we actually get to the bedroom, you know what I'm saying? And then like, I can possibly be murdered. Like, that's all I'm well, going to keep saying. Well, see, this is the thing, though, T. That's like, all I'm going to keep saying, y'all. But this is the thing, though. If you already feel comfortable enough that we're going to have sex, like, I feel like you will feel comfortable enough to come out and let me know. And then I'm going to, that's my other part, is that I'm not going to assume that you're not interested in dating a trans, and having sex with a trans person. I'm not, why? I'm not going to assume that. I guess what I'm saying is, if you're talking to somebody who, they talk about all their experiences with cisgender women. How do they know, how I know they sins? How you know, I'm, how do I know that you're talking about cisgender women if you don't say cisgender women? I'm not right. going to assume that. Everybody's not going to assume that. So, 
Like, you don't know if somebody cis or trans just by looking at them. And just because Girl. I say woman don't mean I'm talking about cis women. Like, trans women are real women. They are women. So just because you talk about experiences with women, or if you say vagina, I'm not going to automatically know that you're talking about cis women. Especially if I live in a world where I'm already normalizing that this is this is normal. Like, this is a thing that I'm just a person. This is This, this is what I went through. And I was born a certain way that I was not assigned a gender. Like, that's a reality for me. But so everybody's they, not going to assume. Are they yes, real that's women? That's the thing. There's, yeah. Okay. That's the, and, and, and you can, and that's another thing I think is that we, we, we don't do a lot of uh, researching and reading. Gender dysmorphia is a thing. Um, okay. Being intersex is a thing. And a lot of other things that um, I can't Gender even, dysmorphia? Yes. I think mean, gender dysmorphia. I don't. Just because somebody made a name for it, that don't mean it's real. You're right. Maybe. So, do you agree that there's a difference between a genetically born man and a genetically born woman? Like, as far as biology? What does the research say? That's what it I'm says saying. that we're genetically different. Mm -hmm. Her bodies are different. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So this is what I say. But that's what I'm saying. So a person that w that was who's to say that they were born male though. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying so if that's person, the fact, if that's, if that's the situation. It's, but that's not a fact, though. A, a person who is trans is a person who was labeled a sex at birth, but that's not what they really were. But genetically, they were born with a body type that's called a male, correct? And even if we you named say, it male. We said that penis is man and vagina is woman. Well, whatever you want to call it, isn't it a specific body type that's different from this other body type? It right? is, but that doesn't mean that that's male and that's female. We named that. I get that. A piece, penis whatever you is call it. So then, functions so then, in this way. But we said <clears throat> this is man and this is woman. I understand that. So genitalia, and then you're confusing sex and gender too. Genitalia and sex not the same as gender. Okay, we talking about is sex the one that pertains to biology. Right, but even that is also made up to an extent as far as penis is male and vagina is woman. We know that how they function biologically. That's a fact. But the fact that penis is man is made up. But we know penis could easily been vagina. But we know there's a difference between the two, right? Right, but that doesn't mean that that's a male. You keep saying male, male, not, male. Even if you take the names away. Even if you take the names away. They still away. have different functions, but that doesn't mean that you're a man just because you have a, a, a Forget a the man, forget the man, whatever you want to call it. Okay. It's two different things, right? Right, and what's the point about that being male? So that we know these two body types are different. Exactly. And so this is when I say when somebody was born in one body type. Right. And they become another body type. What's wrong with saying that's a trans man or a trans woman? Labeling that different from a genetically born man or genetically born woman or whatever you want to call a man or woman. Because that call. every person who is trans is not genetically born man or woman. What are they? What else? What, what else? What's the mean? research say? I ain't, I ain't got all the answers. Well, saying, that's like, the research. That's that's the work though. That's the work that you have to do. But the, we already did the work of knowing there's different body types. Though. But that, that doesn't. That you done. keep saying that uh, uh, the body types of a man and a genetically born man and a genetically born woman. That doesn't mean that you're genetically born man and woman just because you have a penis or a vagina. That's what I'm saying. Do the research. No, do you, the research. I feel like that's you hung it up on the, the the actual label man or woman, but. And the way that a penis function doesn't necessarily mean man, though. That's what I keep saying. I, I, I feel like you, you're getting caught up on the labels. And I'm saying that this, these labels were made up. The function is biological. The name is not. That's cool. But a body that was born with a penis. <laughs> right. 
and then does whatever they need to do to become a vagina. But your, but your brain and, and the way that you feel internally does not match the genitalia, though. But the genitalia is still a thing. That's still a biological thing, right? Okay, but that's, that's, not, the only, that's not the only thing that makes you a man or a woman. That's not the only thing. No, no, not, a, not, not at all. Not so the only then, thing. what is your point then? Well, I, I guess... <laughs> like, a person who was labeled male at birth and, it's, and, 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 and kind of taught that this is what a male does, this is what a male does, and these types of clothing did not feel that that is... Knows that that's not what they are internally. Even though they have this... Yeah. This this genitalia that doesn't mean that's what they are just because they have this genitalia. But they're still that genitalia is still there. That that's still what they were born with, regardless right? of what they feel and internally. What does that have to do with them being male? So I feel them? like if you convert that genitalia to something else, that's different than somebody just that has the same. So you're saying that totally has different. Yeah, like so somebody. What, what, who, then, so what's the point? What's wrong with that then? That's just defining different beings, is what I'm saying. We can define different beings and not treat people as less or. We already defined Terrible. it. So what? What's, 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 what are you saying? My point what's is, point? I think I just believe in saying trans woman are trans woman and woman are woman, but they should both be treated with the same respect, same dignity, all that stuff. So you I don't believe say in saying trans woman are a woman. I believe in the distinction is what I'm saying. Mm-mm. That's all. Trans women are women. I mean, you could, if somebody wants to label themselves trans women, they do that for um, a distinct reason, which I understand why because they have different experiences. But I think people try to make distinct labels in order to other and that's the phobia that's when it becomes i'm not trying to other yeah i'm not trying to other anybody but that's but but what you're saying is until that reason it doesn't sound like you're saying and i think i think that trans women should be the one to dictate when they label themselves trans women for distinction for that purposes i think if you're doing it for the purpose like i said of 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 trying to convey lived experiences especially if it's in um, opposition to transphobia, then it's, it's okay to label trans women trans women. But if you're just doing it, I think people do. I think people do that for the sake of trying to other and call and low key in a slick way call trans women not real women. Well, I think you do it even for health reasons. Like for instance, medication wise, if there's a medication that it might be too strong for a woman's body, but might be just right for a man's body, you know, so you need to distinct there. Uh, stuff like sports competitions where you have MMA fighting, for example, uh, somebody. Decided, to, you know, what I'm saying they wanted to be identified as a woman, but even then, the that's still women. tricky because there are trans women, there are trans women who undergo different procedures in order to um, for their bodies to be more like a um, woman that was gen- biologically that's with true too. a vagina. So but that's if, that's not always the case either. And see, like these little distinctions here, how they always kind of come up, circling around back to a phobia a little bit, like othering, and that's what phobias do. They like other people. So I just want people to be careful about when they making up these little distinctions and stuff, stuff like that, and the reason of why they're doing it. I'm just doing it just to so we can identify each other. That's all I'm saying. Well, you, you, I'm just a woman. Like I'm, I'm a, if I if, if I want if a trans woman, if a trans woman wants to identify herself as trans woman and say that every single time, then that's her right. I don't think that yeah. we have to do that all the time. No, no, no. We certainly don't. Like if I have trans friends, we both have trans friends. Mm-hmm. I don't say you know, hey, trans friend. I don't do nothing. I say yeah. if you identify as a woman, of course I call you woman, her. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I definitely, I definitely believe in calling people whatever they identify as. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying as far as biological identification. I don't think that's mm-hmm. I don't think that's problematic. Is what I'm saying. To do what? To, to identify different bodies biologically, the differences in the bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it's still it's this this still somewhat iffy on the differences in, in, in as far as like why you're trying to name the differences. I get that there's differences, but it's it's all comes back to the why you're trying to distinct. 
the differences so badly, especially well, it's like, trying to holler. If I have a girl, if I have a daughter, I can't ignore the fact that she's going to have a period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't have to deal with that with a son. But okay. Well, I know, that's what I'm saying. Just investigate the why. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just, investigate just the why. Absolutely. And investigating the why. But um, I, I, back to your point when you was like biologically uh, penis and different body types. I don't. I don't. I think I didn't think I was understanding why you was bringing that up when you were talking about the mm-hmm. sex thing, though, because mm-hmm. you went to a whole different tangent about yeah, it. Okay. On on a side note. Yes. If this exists, if transgenderism exists, if people are actually I don't know, born in the incorrect body or mm-hmm. labeled improperly right. at birth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Does this open up the discussion for people who say they're transracial or people who say they're... No, because you don't get your gender from your parents. You do get your race from your parents. That's the difference. Which I thought people said race was a social construct as well. Yeah. It is, but we know that it's been labeled in order to keep people out of things. Um, just like her gender is a social construct, but you get your actual color and ancestral background ethnicity from your parents. You don't get that from you don't get gender from your parents. Like gender is made up. You don't get that from your parents. That's why it's different. You can definitely be transgender if it's a social construct and made up, but you cannot be transracial like ethnically and color wise. You can't. No. Hmm. Like Rachel Dolezal can say she's black all day long, but she, you would never have brown skin. You would never be from Africa or have African ancestral roots. You wasn't born with naturally curly hair like that. You didn't get that from your parents. So you basically just put on blackface. And for the fact that race and gender have completely different historical contexts in this country, like they have very different. Uh, I, I definitely understand that part. You know, you know, what I mean? racial things. <clears throat> but if she was. And I'm not gonna do all the work for you. I'm not gonna do all the work for in explaining. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You can. There are great articles online that can explain it much better than I can. Oh, okay. Bitch, you ain't gonna talk about me like that. Um, avoiding the oppression Olympics and black holes. Of oh, you talk call about out culture. You know talking about that? Avoiding call out culture, like. Mm. Uh, I think call out culture is a uh, wonderful thing and a bad thing at the same time. Yeah. All right, let's explain call-out culture one more time. Well, we did it before the thing. Call-out culture is basically calling out the problematic tendencies of people or entities around you. Mm-hmm. Like with H&M, people calling out the cool smoking in jungle is problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and making it like a, you know, spreading the word so other people call out as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need to get the word around. Which can be very good. Like, can like we just said. stop talking about stuff if we're not going to make action? Like if we're not going to take action against it, just stop talking. That's what I'm saying earlier. Right. If you're going to rant about it, like, just be done with it. Like, that's what I said. We've done this topic so many times. I'm so tired. But, like, it's, it's I re- the only reason I reiterate it is because, like I said, I think people, and this is the black holes of call out culture, people love to say what somebody else is doing wrong. That's not even just the social justice. That's just, like, mm-hmm. human nature, period. You love when you see somebody else fuck up. And you be like, damn, then they fucked up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you get to call out, you get to make fun of it. And you don't got to face no consequences, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, just the black holes of, like, people just looking for that next person to call out, but not really do anything personally mm-hmm. to change the behavior, you know what I'm saying? I agree, yeah. You got to hold yourself accountable, too. Yeah. But at the same time... But I'm here for people calling people out in public, because we've been doing it behind closed doors too long. Right. And uh, millennials, especially, we're just not taking it no more. We're just, we calling anybody out, everybody out. Dude. And I think we have issues with it because we get a little too um, 
I don't like to use the word aggressive, but we get a little too visceral sometimes with call out culture because mm-hmm. we still want to be empathetic that I hurt people, hurt people exactly. um, when it comes to you know our, our community. But um, I definitely don't mind people calling. I want more, more motherfuckers to be called out, right. um, and definitely <laughs> call me out if I do some crazy stuff. Um, but you know, it's just a way that you do it, and it depends on the situation. And then some situations don't need to be called out in public because I think mm-hmm. sometimes like, it just depends on what the situation is and. That's when it comes back to investigating and doing the research and observing before you call out mm-hmm. to see if it's going to do more harm than hurt. And when I say harm to hurt, I mean like in a way that is dismissing their existence, not like hurting your feelings. I don't care about hurting your feelings. Like, are you actually calling You'll out? You'll live another day them. if I hurt your feelings. But I don't <laughs> want to call out in a way that I'm going to dismiss your humanity, even if you was wrong, because you're mm-hmm. still a part of my community, right? Yeah. I think that's examining where the call out is coming from. Like, mm-hmm. are you yeah. just it's trying just, to get your feel, you know what right. I'm saying, on making somebody look terrible mm-hmm. or do you genuinely want to see them do better right. or see us do better period and right, right. Yeah. and then sometimes call out culture is just you then so I think I don't think mm-hmm. always maybe not that moment because sometimes I make posts about fuck boys just because I want to vent mm-hmm. but then like you'll what? also make you see me make a post where I want black folks to hold each other accountable right. um, I'm open to discussion you know so you'll see me do stuff like that too and I mm-hmm. always make it a point to say I still love black people still, I still um I still have hope for our people. I'm still here to assist. You know, you know, see me make posts like that. So sometimes it's me then in a funny way, um, and even when me then, that's it can still be education. And then other times it's me calling you out to hold you accountable to actually because I'm ready to do the work with you or I, for somebody to do work with you. And it's, what you about to say? You about to say something? Yeah. Um, I said it's all about balance. I think. I think when you balance that out, you can find a perfect balance of venting. Cause everybody needs to vent. Everybody just mm-hmm. needs to complain about some shit that they don't even feel like right. following up on in that moment. Mm-hmm. You just need to scream and shit. Yeah. So it's just finding that balance, man. Just make sure you are in a healthy place mentally. Like, you know you're not feeling well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you might not know where it's coming from, but th- that's when you need to seek help, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, just make sure you balance. And if you're on Facebook every day complaining and not doing nothing to change it, it's like, okay, I need to sit back with myself and figure out, all right, where's this coming from? Yeah. All right. Quick question. Do you believe there is something uh, as like toxic feminism or feminism that's just that kind of like misses the point or does the most or you know whatever. And I'm going to tell you where this came from because I'm still salty about it. So I was having a conversation with this chick on Facebook and we were talking. See how it starts? I'm still salty bro. Okay so we were talking about a rapper right? We were talking about a white woman no, we this ain't no white to, person. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're talking to a black woman? Yeah. So, we're talking about a rapper. Mm-hmm. She's not a fan of the rapper. She said that. Who is a rapper? Let me know. I gotta get Takeshi69. You know who yeah, that is? Okay, it's a dude with the gummo. It's a dude with the rainbow the hair. He looked, yeah, it looked like he jumped out of a troll. Yeah, he looks like the final boss. Like, <laughs> he does. Maybe if you show up me a picture, I might. Okay, oh, I got you. I got you. So, anyways, he has, he has a song out right now called Gummo. I think it's dope. Gumball? Gummo. G U M M O. Gummo. Yeah. Okay, Gummo. So, the argument was that he's basically, what did he, he's like crossed over, he's like white something. I can't remember the word Whitewash. she used. I think, no, white, I think she was saying like he's white passing is what she was saying. Oh, no, I seen him, yeah. Uh, white passing. So, anyways. Is he, what, is he, is he of color? He's like Hispanic? Yeah, he's Hispanic. Okay, he's definitely white passing. Well, uh, okay, so, anyways. The argument was that... Oh, no, I, I think somebody had showed me a video of his. Okay, now I don't be talking about Okay, he's white passing. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. I came out, and there were, there was 
Rappers with more talent not getting as much shine as him, mm-hmm. mainly because he was white past. I present the argument that he branded himself better than a lot of other people brand themselves, and his song is just dope. Mm-hmm. Not a lyricist whatsoever. Right. Not even a little bit. So anyways, <laughs> we started talking, da-da-da-da-da, and the, the argument went into... Uh, you know, I'm done with this. I can't do it no more. Uh, I can always expect for men to cape for average or bad, other bad men. Okay. Uh, so what do you ask, like what's the question? Was... The question is, <clears throat> I'm mad. <laughs> Three weeks later, I'm still mad. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but it's like, I think stuff like that, like, takes away from like if you call yourself feminist I feel like it takes away from the feminist movement and it makes you it, it makes men write you off as like crazy cause I kinda wrote her off as crazy well, that's, but I, th- I think you write me off as crazy has nothing to do with me cause men write women off as crazy all day long because of like once again conditioning narrative that we have made yeah I think he's saying in this particular situation in this situation I mean I'm not gonna say that she's know. crazy I mean I don't think that was a irrational conclusion to make men do cape for other bad men that was her opinion like he was caping for a bad man but I feel like for her to assume that you were bad just because you were capable of him, yeah, that might be a little bit extreme for you know to her to assume that you are a bad person. Well, Will's um, thing, is, I think Will's argument is he wasn't trying to cape for nobody. He was just making an argument. He thought it was just a debate of whether this dude deserved the fame he right, got right, or not. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, like, I think that might be that might have been a little bit um a little bit far fetched. Um, but I don't think that that statement in general is far fetched. Maybe no. for that situation, yeah. From from what you're telling me, that might be a little bit too much. But I don't think her argument was invalid. So maybe he did get more publicity because he was branded and because he's white passing. I'm pretty much, I would not, I would not have a doubt that he didn't get his fame because he's not white passing. See, like. I can't say that that's not a fact. I'm pretty sure. Okay, what is the so definition of white passing? your point could definitely be just, yeah, like literally passing, passing as, as white. Because as yeah, I definitely thought he was white. Well. From what our different, you know, our basic definition. I would say that about Lil Pump. And, and the crazy thing is. <laughs> She, this is a Gucci gang. I love that song. I, don't I know. Go on. Oh no, I love Gucci gang. Somebody white saying that? Uh, no, he, he's a Latino also, but he looks whiter than this dude does. Yeah, but I, but I see, but uh, like racism and and whiteness always is gonna have a benefit in anything we do. So I would never say that somebody didn't get a hit. But how is somebody in? But see, when you say they're white passing, it seems like it would make it seem like if you're placing that blame on him, then they're actively doing that. No, that's not that they can't help that they white passing, but that doesn't negate the benefits that they get from being white passing. They can't help it, but I think they can be cognizant of that enough to maneuver in a way that they're not appropriating black culture and um, allowing the systems to. But if we let other Hispanics appropriate out, black culture just because they have, who I don't think I, I can't say we we don't let. There are some black people who are okay with Hispanics appropriating black culture. I want I'm not one of those black people. I would say in general, black people seem to be okay with it. We don't call Fat Joe after saying nigga all the time. We don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cardi so, and, yeah, Cardi B probably, says nigga and some every people, time. And some, people sh- and some people do, and we should. I agree. Just, but, but just because we don't do it, other people doesn't mean that what he's doing is right and that I can't call him out. Just because other people are doing it, don't make it right. I think you should call anybody out who's appropriating black culture because Hispanic is Hispanic. And that's also, uh, I want to encourage us to. Um, kind of look into what Hispanic means because Hispanic is now I think it's what you what you think it means and because Cardi B and Fat Joe aren't Hispanic they are Latino, a Latino or okay. Latinx yeah I so 
It's so much. Just, just, just as it, you know, it's so much. I encourage can't you to, you know, if you want to, whatever. But um, yeah. So my 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 answer to that is I I don't like people appropriating black culture if you ain't black. So that's just me. Okay. He was mainly like, concerned about the last part. He well, white <laughs> that's what that's what he meant. Was I was I wrong no, or not? About the, I don't think that you're wrong. If you, that was your opinion, if that's your opinion. About you know? him being accused of caping for like him I mean, having this side of the argument. Yeah, because he was I mean, for, for me, man. that's not caping. But she, that's that's like I said, that's subjective. What is caping? What does that mean? So for me, that wasn't caping to me. If you just said that you think that he was better. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So for me, no. I so I can't say that you're wrong or right. I just think that that was your opinion. And yeah. She just didn't agree. Do you think sometimes people get lost on feminism because they think like they're but going then, in on the wrong let, stuff? Let me, I'm gonna mean to cut you off, but let's okay. let's not say that every time a woman says something about a man that that's feminism. That because every woman does not does not uh, well, okay. identify as a feminist or in feminist movement just because they this call woman identifies out. as a feminist. Okay, okay, let's say this because people love just like when somebody black did something against the police, like um, in Baton Rouge and in Dallas, they were saying that those people were a part of Black Lives Matter just because they was mm-hmm. black and they was killing police those people were not a part of that. Like, right. no affiliate. And one of the dudes actually recorded himself and said, I'm about to do this thing in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I, I am that. not a part of Bell Lives Matter. I'm not a part of the Black Israelites. Oh, yeah, I'm not a, yeah. So, but because we have gotten so, like I said, Used these to images label somebody? and conditioned to think that this is what Black Lives Matter does, every time I see a person that's black and killing police, because we've been conditioned to think that these are narrative, even though Black Lives Matter is not about that at all, and was made yeah. by three black women, um, uh, queer women at that, we would say that they's black and nurse. But, um, okay. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I do think there is a such thing as people being extreme with their feminism. I do. Just like any movement, man. But I also think that people uh, label this extremely subjective because some men will think that me no, calling no. you out on your bullshit is extreme feminism. And that's not. No. Your ego just fragile. Well, that's just... No, so, not extreme, but... Well, I wouldn't even say what she said was extreme. Yeah, I'm it was just like... Extreme. I guess over the top. Yeah, I feel like she might. She jumped to a very uh, far conclusion about you as a person based on that. I think instance. That's, yeah. So I don't think that that's right. No, because she basically labeled you a bad person or a bad man because you wanted to, you know, are 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 giving an opinion about this rapper yeah. that yeah. she felt like was just completely garbage. And I think like people do that in general. I guess across any group that they're yeah. really. They go hard for. That's yeah. what you know what I mean. Mentioned. Like I don't even. It's, it's like you don't even almost don't even want to be a part of movements because you want to just have your own opinion at all times. Is when you align yourself with a certain movement, and somebody else that aligns themselves with that same movement is an extremist. Then they're gonna lump you all in that same category and they try to invalidate anything you're saying. So right. sometimes it's best to just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna be Tamika Staley. I'm gonna have my right. opinion. Well, see, but I don't let that um, discourage me because I know that that people are who are part of groups are also individuals. Mm-hmm. So I know, but and the thing, the thing that people go wrong who might be on your spectrum will look at her and say, "Damn, feminism is extreme." Not this woman is extreme. I think but it is, feminism. Yeah, is, you see what I'm saying? And that's so that's a that's a that's something that maybe you could work on. It's just like to just write her up as this is an individual person, even though she identifies as a feminist and is a part of feminism. That's not the face of feminism. You know what I'm saying? That's just an, an oh one person that is doing a lot of wrong. Now that's not to say a whole lot of people are part of a group can't make a name for the group because sometimes mm-hmm. it does like police officers there's a lot of good police officers but it's so many of them that do some fucked up shit and because the system is so fucked up so even if you are a good police officer you're still probably gonna be fucked up because you're bound to a system that's fucked mm-hmm. that's the thing that's a, that's something completely different so i think that's the, I, that wasn't a good example to compare it to because that's systemic where feminism is was something that was born out of oppression you know mm-hmm. um but 
yeah, that's one person a part of feminism, and feminism was created to provide a safe space for people outside of oppression. But I think when you, when you are a part of a marginalized group, you become so internalized with a lot of the pain, so you see that pain in everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's not right, but also just being empathetic, like dang, even though what she did was right, wrong to write me off, I'm gonna be empathetic to say that you know this is a woman who's a feminist. She's probably been through a lot. You know, women are a marginalized group. Yeah. Let me just kind of like not take it personally or write feminism off completely and just not just do thinking logically, basically. You know, yeah, so I think I think she was wrong for like jumping to that conclusion. But I will also say just to be. But if nothing else, not to write feminism off as a movement just because of her. Right. And so, like, I guess, so we can wrap up, mm-hmm. you know, like, people are, people are, you know, they have their movements that they're trying to get started or whatever. Right. How do people, I guess, and maybe you have more experience uh, than most, how would people, I guess, kind of lead these, these things Instead of like waiting on somebody else, like just like the Oprah thing we were talking about, yeah. you know what I mean? Instead of like people following after Oprah, oh yeah, rah rah rah. Right. What's the best course of action for people to step out there themselves? Or um, well, I'm gonna say one thing. I don't think that it's bad for people to necessarily follow after Oprah uh, for a guide. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I don't think so. And I, not just that situation, you but know. But I, I do want to make it clear that I'm, uh, Oprah is is a, is a great person to to follow in a lot of aspects. Um, there are some aspects that I personally would never follow her in, but I think that she's a great person to follow as a guide for a lot of things, as far as um, black women and black success and you know entrepreneurship, all that kind of you know. So that's no doubt. Like you cannot deny Oprah's legacy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with anything, you always have to use only people as a guy. Just don't don't try to follow in their exact footsteps right. and use them as law. Well. Mm-hmm. So that was my that's going to be my advice is to use people as a blueprint and then create your own path based on the ways in which they might have got what they got. And mm-hmm. then you use your own ideologies and your ways and your thinking and just use their um, their kind of like their their path, their 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 movements or their tactics rather. Mm-hmm. And then apply it to your own ideologies and your own cause. It's like getting inspiration to mm-hmm. like you get like bit, the best inspiration if you get like little bits from like different leaders and stuff like right, that. Right. Kind of like writing, you know what I'm saying? When you read your favorite mm-hmm. author stuff, yeah. you pick up writing techniques. You don't pick up the exact words, but you pick up writing techniques. Uh, how they might use metaphors. Yeah. Um, how they might use imagery. You know what I'm saying? Right. And just like you know, you build it and then you make a whole new, totally different thing. Right. You, you steal the technique and not the content. So exactly. uh, another way of how to do it is to just investigate, like continuously investigate in the why of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, make you know, going, just doing some shit that you ain't never done before. Like that's gonna really teach you about how or why you want to do some shit. Like. Because you might just be wanting to make some shit just because you be excited and pumped right. up at the time. And then when you start doing like, shit, maybe this is not for me. It's hard, huh? idea. Yeah. So just investigating, researching, listening to people, a lot more listening and talking. Mm-hmm. And then see if that's what you really want to do. And um, like just use them as a guy. There you go. It started coming together after a while. Okay. Real quick. So 2018, what's the date? The 11th? Mm-hmm. What's three things? We're going to go around the room. What's three things you want to accomplish this year? I want to go to at least... I'm not gonna give a number. I want to go to more states and cities to teach and perform mm-hmm. and spread love on purpose. I want to get to all a lot of black communities in in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be on a local news channel. That's 
one thing I want to accomplish. Yeah. And I also want to go to one country. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What you? Things. I want to start this production company that I started writing up. Um, just, I just got some ideas for that. I want to do that. Um, definitely to just travel more, period. Because when I did my little hiatus, that just told me I need to just be out of Columbia a lot more than I am. And um, I put up this doggone book I've been writing on since like mm -hmm. about a year now. I should have included that in my one thing. It's okay. Yeah. Let me try to tell you off my shit. Actually, no, because I might be a step involved in one of the other things, in one of the three things that I said. So no, okay. Good. Well, me, I want to grow this podcast. I want to actually, well, more so, improve my skills interviewing and podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um. I also want to pay off my car <laughs> real bad. <laughs> right. Thanks. Um, and I just want to involve myself in art a little bit more than I have been in the past. Not just, you know, going to different things, but trying different forms of art out mm -hmm. myself. So the perfect place to do it, man. They have um, maker spaces, uh, workshops mm -hmm. there free all the time. Yep. My boy Cecil is a beat maker. Uh, Avery is an artist. Um, I do. Po I'm about to start doing poetry workshops here this year. All right, it's a lot of resources, man. Let's make it happen. So, Please. our Black Business shout out of the week is the Love on Purpose campaign. Yes. Uh, you can loveonpurposecampaign.com, Love on Purpose campaign on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love on Purpose campaign.com, Love on Purpose campaign. On Go Instagram. buy everything. Everything. Are we doing a thirst or no? Yeah, we're going to do the thirst. Who's our thirst of the week, Mike? Scissor. Obviously, I just saw your thing. <laughs> just the scissor. My thirst of the week is Angela Bassett. Oh, Lord. You Ooh, can do yeah. it. Do... I'm surprised we ain't do her yet. Angela. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to do uh, Angela Bassett as our thirst of the week. Yeah, what's her Instagram? Uh, I just saw Lord. She's been a goat forever. Love don't cost a thing the other week. Did you saw it for the first time? Uh-uh. No, I just it just came on. Oh. Nah. Just just... Thought, I just thought about it. I just, she just been my name since. <laughs> and because I really love Tina Turner yeah. and her legacy. So her IG is I am Angela Bassett. I am dot Angela Bassett. Can't get it right. Shut up, you fool. Um, she still look good. I don't know how old she is, but she. She's a vampire. She can Sex. still get the business. She's drinking the same thing. Sex. Uh, <laughs> so go check her out on IG. Um, she's got a new show on Fox called Nine One One. Oh yeah, I saw the commercial. For um, she was on Horror Story. I don't know if she's still on there. I, mean, I never liked that show. I didn't get into it. What? Yeah. The first two seasons? I never got into. I, I, when I saw a few episodes at first, I it didn't appeal to me. We got to try it again. We got to watch party one night. Um, no, so, see, and I, when I see something, I and actually, I think I went back. Uh, so a friend of mine was watching it the second season. I saw one episode, and it just still wasn't better. <laughs> she said and one I'm episode. I'm done. Sold on it. <laughs> it's kind of like chewing gum. I even tried the second season. Chewing gum is a acquired taste. Maybe yeah. I'm too woke. Maybe, Maybe so. I'm too woke, man. Well, we want to thank y'all for joining us for the first episode of the new year. Woo! We yeah. want to thank our lovely guest, Miss Tamika Staley. Thank, thank you Tamika. for having me. Yeah. Please check her out, Wine and Words, uh, last Sunday every month. January 28th. January 28th. Shay's Lounge at Nona's. 923 Jervais Bring food. Bring money to Bob Mark. 923 Jervais. Yeah. All right. So thank y'all, everybody who's listening. Um, and we will see y'all again I next time. Will does it, but I love y'all. All right. We love you too. <laughs> yeah.